What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Nate Night Talks podcast. This is episode four. As always, thank you to everybody on Clubhouse for supporting the club and the rooms. Without you, this podcast would not be possible and, frankly, would not exist. Tonight, we have a very special guest, Isabella Miko, an incredibly amazing human being and a very talented actress on top of it. You probably know her from movies like Coyote Ugly, Step Up All In, Save the Last Dance 2, Clash of the Titans, shows like Deadwood, the list goes on and on. Feel free to check out her bio if you are not familiar with her, but I have a feeling many of you are. She is not only a friend, but also an incredible human being and a person of a very like mind when it comes to the exploration of consciousness, our reality, UFOs, psychedelics, nutrition, everything therein. Um, she has uh, dedicated much of her life to this pursuit, and I'm sure some of you who are fans of her probably know that, and, uh, and some controversy might even be around that, which we'll dive into tonight. But uh, I'm very excited to have her here and looking forward to the conversation ahead. So without further ado, I'm Nate. It's late. Let's talk. Hi. Hey. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here with you and, and uh, be part of this. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, this is I actually, actually see I would... you because because Clubhouse, I just I I feel like I've spent so many nights with you, listening to you and and being part of all the rooms. But I like I'm, I'm seeing you right now, which is amazing. I know I know we we were we were hoping for those of you at home, we were hoping to uh, to actually have her in studio today, but um, unfortunately, I uh, I haven't thought that far ahead about in studio guests uh, to have a, a second microphone uh, and arm set up. But uh, I'm getting there. Uh, so this episode four cut me some slack, and so she was kind enough to be, to at least do the remote uh, the remote interview today, which is perfect because your backdrop actually is is far better than mine. Um, this this already tells you a lot about me and my creativity because I I made all of, everything that you see I kind of made myself. So. Did you? Yeah, the chair, the lamp, the, the the walls, and I just create whenever whenever I'm at home uh, and I'm not actually shooting anything. I create regardless. So I just I will create things with my hands, with my mind, obviously. But I just have to like make things mine and pretty and and uh, it's it's my friends laugh at me because they're like oh my god you changed things around like you made them like yeah i made this i made this it's just yeah there's a lot a lot of uh art going on in my house no shit i had no idea i was i i was gonna you know comment that it looks very very chic uh it, it looks very very fancy bouger <laughs> even and i i, it, I must the, give you high praise for like 10 bucks the the this one and i <laughs> learned how to reupholster basically on youtube I mean, the University of YouTube is amazing. So, yes. uh, yeah. The things I have learned from YouTube, some of them I can't actually say on this podcast uh, for risk of possible legal See, implications. Yes. But uh, YouTube's been a great thing, um, as, as as just the internet in general. And also a terrible thing, actually, if you really <laughs> yes, think about yes. it. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. It is. Um well, it's great to have you. Thank you for uh, for making the time to uh, to come on in these these early stages of uh, of the NNT podcast. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, for people who don't know, I mean, I think a lot of you are already going to know uh, Isabella or 
Izzy, as I'm probably going to refer to her as uh, throughout the night. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm sure many of you are familiar with her work uh, because she's an incredibly talented actress, has a phenomenal story as far as how she even came to the States and, uh, and essentially achieved you know, the, the level of success that she has. And so we're going to dive into that. But, um, you know, weirdly enough, we met uh, on on Clubhouse uh, when I, for those of you who don't know, I guess, who, who are not a part of, uh, who are just tuning into the podcast and don't know what this actually stemmed from, this all came from uh, rooms on Clubhouse that I hosted. And I just called them Nate Night Talks and, and did it as kind of like a late night talk show, if you will, that, uh, you know, really just dealt with consciousness and psychedelics and UFOs and I guess all things that would be considered alternative, which I even hate using that word, but alternative, um, you know, research or, or science or explanation, whatever it is, things that have been unjustly relegated to the fringe. And uh, and that was where I met Izzy. Um, and I think we met actually uh, in the the remote viewing rooms. Maybe. I think I feel like I, I met you in, in your room and I came in. I actually remember exactly where I was sitting when I was listening to you guys. And I remember when I spoke, because I was like, wait, I remember thinking like, why isn't this like, why, why isn't everyone talking about this? I just, it it was, this, this whole year has been like big uh, uh, awakening in many, many ways for me um, on, on many different levels. But I remember sitting right at my desk and thinking like, why why isn't everyone talking about what you're talking about? Like the, the things you were talking about, I I looked up. I'm like, this is huge. This is a really big deal. And I and I I remember I got like really mad that like no one's talking about like all the things and and facts. So you were just throwing awesome facts and things that no one else was talking about. And um and it just and also I mean I'm a night person. Like I I will stay up till four or five. You know. So this was like yes. ideal. I'm like this is amazing. Like I get to learn so much. And when you tied in all the UFOs and everything that's happening with consciousness, I was like, because I don't think before you, I don't think I ever really tied that in, right? So I was like, there were just like two separate things for me that existed that I believed in, that I pursued and and studied, but I never really connected it. And and that was a really big deal. And I loved that. um, I loved thinking about it in that way because it's just opened up a whole uh it was just it started to make sense to me so um you know i i I joined whenever i could and and then just amazing people i mean you you have like incredible people come just because i feel like it's still a pretty small community um it's definitely a very small community of people who actually know what they're talking about you know yeah (laughs) and you're one of them so you attract these incredible people with such knowledge and and classified freaking um you know like info that's uh that just blows your mind so um and i i'm all about that i am all about just expanding my knowledge on everything and opening my eyes and and having my own opinion forming my own opinions um and i just i vote i just i remember having a feeling of learning so much also being like like confirming like this is what I felt. This is like, yes. And like, there are other people who feel the same way. And it's just, you know, someone else sort of connected the dots for me, which, which, um, which happened. 
um, and then remote viewing. And I remember, uh, I think it was uh, David's room. He did a remote viewing room. I think he does. I don't know if he's still doing that room on like Fridays or something. So you might have been there or I don't know if. Um, yeah, I think he was a part of the uh, we, we did a three parter on the this the declassified CIA gateway experience and Project Stargate. I think that was where you first came into the room was during that. Yeah, um, and you yeah, immediately yeah, yeah. came up on stage and I could tell yeah. you, you had, you had, you had some shit to say. You were like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And, uh, and which I obviously loved, um, and, and totally just fed off that energy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, D- uh, Dr. David Morehouse, um, for those who don't know, is probably one of the foremost authorities in the world on remote viewing, um, mm-hmm. was a part of the CIA's, uh, project Stargate gateway experience and like a 20 year army ranger commander. Like he's has an incredible pedigree, um, has been vetted to no end, and uh, it's, has come on the show a number of times to discuss essentially remote viewing and uh, and the reality of kind of consciousness. And yeah. I think that was kind of where the bond uh, yeah, started yeah. Was, was, was ultimately there. Yeah, and, just sort of doing, you know, there's one thing – having the knowledge and, and, and sort of, and educating yourself and, and really opening your mind to the concept. And, and, but there was, there's a whole other thing, which I loved what you you were talking about was the consciousness and doing and practicing, um, uh, the remote viewing and like connecting all of this. And, and, and again, I never before have I done that. Right. So I would just kind of keep it separate and I'm like, wow, this makes so much sense. And, and and um, and using these abilities and and perfecting these abilities and understanding that we have that anyone can learn um, these abilities is incredible. And I've yeah. I've already experienced many times in my life that that I, you know, I sense something. I, I I'm I'm getting messages and and now actually more than ever, it's just like I sit down and I have like downloads where I'm just like before I even. Um, ask the question to whoever and I can, you know, call them my guys. I can, I don't know. I don't know what I'm connecting. I'm connecting to another field for sure where there are answers. I get an answer. And sometimes it's, it's a yes or no. Um, sometimes it's an image that I have to like decode. Um, but I, it, you know, it, it, it just, I, I, I understood that this is the bridge also. This is a great bridge to connecting with them up there and also the biggest thing that can protect us right now from whatever is happening is, is um, living in the higher frequency, connecting to another dimension um, where you, you get to turn off your ego, your thoughts, which is not easy. And that's, this is why it's a practice. It's something you got to do every single day because we are everything around us is telling us not to do that and just to like be glued to TV and, and, and absorb, go, like get the information like this, but you actually have to go within to get the truth. So uh, most people will never take the time to actually sit down and, and practice that to turn all of that other stuff off. Um, so I, you know, I, I've always been passionate about, about it, but now I feel like this year more than ever, I understood it's not just like to, you know, learn how to create reality and, and, and have peace and, 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 uh, tranquility and be a good manifestor. No, this is actually now to protect yourself from everything that's happening. It's the only way and also connect with them. And cause you know, they're, they're here and I think they're here to, uh, assist us in a lot of ways. Um, so 
you know, and I, again, I never connected the, those two. And, and now since, since I started listening to you and everything you've been saying and, and, um, and just those rooms, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more tools how to do that, which is, which is incredible. And I, and I appreciate that. And I, it's, it's fascinating to me and, you know, it's like, it's a geeky thing in a way. Right. So, cause you Bam. have, your, <laughs> you have your spiritual community. You're like, mom, Satnam and everything yeah. is great, you know, but then, and then you have like, you know, maybe, you, you know, people who, who are interested in UFOs and like conspiracy theory and like, they, they're kind of obsessing about it. Great. But if you, to connect this and like go like, no, there was a spiritual way to look at this. There's a spiritual way. Yeah. This is actually all connected and we call it spiritual, but you know, I think it's just going to be it. Like it's, that's just the, the world. It's just, we, it's the unseen world that, that we are tapping into um, that we don't know much about. We, we can, there's that, that sense that kind of know, like, no, something is out there. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I love being part of that community. Well, I will, I will say this. You touched on a number of things uh, that we could dive into uh, yes. at, uh, at length. Um, I mean, especially as it pertains to just the, the nature of consciousness, uh, the UFO phenomena, kind of marrying these together, just the reality of what reality actually is uh that we are constantly manufacturing every second of every day for better or worse um but ultimately that's not reality right it's just just our reality it's the reality that we're living in that, exactly. that we we believe that we, to be that real. we perceive yes <laughs> yeah yeah but that's by no means uh reality i mean it's very real to us sure yes. but uh but it's not it's not the real possibilities it's not the real infinite uh mm -hmm. opportunities and 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 uh you know, evolutions in a way and in just uh, realities that exist. And so it's, uh, there's a lot to dive in. There's a lot to unpack, mm -hmm. but, uh, I do want to kind of, because ultimately everything is going to come down really to, to consciousness, right? At the end of the day, um, that is what the real final frontier is. That is, that is the, it's not space. It's, it's yeah. inside the mind. It, it is, I mean, and ultimately, are they any different? Uh, there are so many similarities between the cosmos and, and our minds and, and consciousness in general um, that they may very well be one and the same in, in many regards. But um, I am curious, uh, and I, I do want to take it back slightly because there's, there's so much to dive into. There's so much I want to talk to you about today um, just based on previous conversations and other things I've just been really kind of curious to ask you about uh, that we just haven't had you know really one-on-one -on -one time to, right. to kind of dive you know deeper into some of these subjects but um, I know you're uh, from the times we've talked before uh, and and for those of you who, who don't know um, we, we both work in entertainment we're both we're both actors um, and and so <laughs> there's gonna be some industry speak here but it's, it's, trust me, it'll, it'll translate. Um, and it's very applicable. And, and the way I kind of want to, you know, ask you this and frame this 
is a way uh, is in a way that I think will will hopefully be helpful to many people because obviously stories are great and I know you're going to have many of them based on the movies you've been a part of the TV shows you've been a part of um, and being basically an international actor like where you've worked in multiple markets which uh, is more rare than I think people might realize uh, to to have made it in multiple markets. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the journey started, and you're originally from Poland, for for people who don't know, uh, from uh, from Łódź. Yes, we call it Hollywood because Hollywood. <laughs> yes, I was born. I was born in Łódź, but we moved to Warsaw when I was three, I, I believe. So I don't remember Łódź. So I guess I call myself. I'm from Warsaw, but I was born in Łódź. The the only reason why I know how to say that uh, is because my girlfriend is from the same place and it's spelled L O L O D Z or with like a yeah, little like, yeah. out or something above it. And I'm like, how the hell does loads come out as wooch? She's yeah. like, it just does. And I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm not even going to question it. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, I had a, I had a little, a little cheat code for that. Um, but you came here uh, from Poland into this industry, um, uh, which it's difficult enough for those of you who don't know how cutthroat and competitive uh, the entertainment industry is. Uh, but to come as a, were you, did you speak, I mean, you spoke English at the time, I'm, I'm assuming before you came here, yeah? Mm, a little bit. But I, I came when I was 15 by myself to New York and I didn't want to be an actress. I was I was a ballet dancer. So I came out. I was supposed to come out for two months um, just to test it out. This guy in, in Poland, uh, it, was a, it was a New York choreographer who was teaching a course in Poland in, in, in a, another uh, city, which was the summer course that I decided to take because I'm, I'm a workaholic. So I, I danced, you know, during the year and then we, you have a summer break. I'm like, no, I still need to dance. So I, I would take these courses in the summer. And, um, and I went there and he was... And, and he had a different way of teaching ballet. It was Balanchine instead of Vaganova, which is just a different uh, style of ballet and a b- little bit different technique. And everyone was like, oh, it's not the same as what I'm... And I was really open-minded. Like, I want to learn this. This is like, this is different. I want to learn this. And he was really impressed by that. And I was 14 at the time. And, you know, he was like, you know, you should come to New York and dance with my school. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, call my mom. My mom's like, tell him to call me. Like, this is like, what is this? The guy creep. Like, <laughs> so this it's is a good the mom. It's a good mom, you know. Yeah, yeah, my, right. Polish mom, you know. So she, she basically, she was just like, um, uh, yeah. And this is before cell phones, before anything. So I gave him my mom's number, and and a couple months later, he called me. He's like, look, you know, I would like her to come out and and um and dance with my school and. So it create long, long sort of story and decision later because my mom knew she can only bring me to New York. She can't stay with me because she had to go back and make money so she could send me some money to be in New York. And, um, and you know, leaving your child at 15 by herself in New York, you know, with minimal English, like basic, basic English. But we did it. And it's, it's just so many things just sort of worked out. Um, and I ended up being in New York and, and I didn't like this because the, because the company in the school, he wanted me to dance at, I didn't like the, 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 the level, like I was just like, the level is not good. And I, my mom's like, well, you tell him that. Cause he brought you here. He, 
you know, he, he organized for the visa and everything. And, I, and I'm like, you know, it was my 15th birthday. I'm like, oh, my God. And I told him, I said, look, I, I don't know, but I, I feel like your, your company at the level is less than the one in Poland, you know, but because it, it was Broadway, right? It was Broadway. His company was Broadway. He's like, he kind of got mad. And he's like, well, if you think you're so great, you should audition for, you know, School of American Ballet, which was, you know, and still is one of the best schools in the world which I did. So he organized, he got me an audition there and I got in. <laughs> so oh, it was wow. just like wow. so weird how like I ended up getting into that school and they were, they said, um, you know, we don't have room at the dorms for her. So they asked my mom, like, can, can you bring her next semester? My mom's like, she's already brought, like, we don't have money to go back and forth between you know Poland and New York. Like, this is it. Either take her now or I got to take her back to Poland. So, um, it's just crazy stories where I lived in the beginning, you know, just at a convent with these Spanish nuns for troubled Spanish girls. I didn't speak Spanish. It was just like the cheapest place with like bunk beds and roaches everywhere, one bathroom per floor, but it was closest to, 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 to the school. And, um, cause they didn't have uh room for me at the school, at the, at the dorms, which actually shares the dormitory. Uh, they share um, rooms with Juilliard. So it's the same dorms for Juilliard and SAB oh, School wow. American Ballet. And, um, and uh, yes, yeah, so for like, I think like six months, the first, maybe not six, maybe for, first four months, I lived in like the craziest places, you know, and, and New York was tough. And New York was, um, you know, I was poor. I was, everyone was like, oh, she's the, the, the Polish girl, you know, with like the, the mismatch, like I had like the babushka hat, you know, for winter. And then like my brother's NFL jacket that was just warm. Like there wasn't like, oh, let me get the style right. Like it was like, I just dressed so I'm warm, like a homeless person. You just like, you dress up so you're warm. And, you know, I was, girls would make fun of me all the time. And there was a lot of like these like rich, rich American girls who just like flip through like catalogs and J. Crew. Whereas like I couldn't even walk into a gap because my mom said, Listen, if you walk into a store and it smells nice and there's air conditioning, walk out. That's not the store for you. <laughs> that was literally like the role. Starbucks, forget it. Like that's not, I couldn't afford that. So yeah, I had a lot of, um, I had to, but, you know, and you might know, know that Polish people and just in general, we have, if there's a way we're going to find it. If there's a way to figure shit out, we're, we're going to find it. And, um, you know, I like I would sell part of my uh, school, like the scholarship was was um, getting breakfast and, and dinner. Um, so instead of actually getting dinner or breakfast um, or lunch, I would I would get bottles of water. OK, so I would get bottles of water um, like five or six. So because you could get lunch up to like, let's say five dollars. So I would get like five bottles, bottles of water. And then I would, we sell the bottles of water to like the rich girls who were too lazy to go down to the cafeteria. <laughs> so I would like upsell them for like dollar twenty five. So then I Damn. pretty much took the money out of the, the, the scholarship. <laughs> that's savage. That's, <laughs> that's some, that's some uh... Yeah, I would go to McDonald's and then, you know, and then get uh, get like a Happy Meal for like $1.50. I didn't know at the time that that, that shit was really bad for you. But um, poison, basically. Yeah. Poison. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is how I could, and then I would pocket the, the money. The school sort of caught on. They were like, you can't do that. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't see anywhere in the papers that says you can't do that. <laughs> they're like, well, no one tried. I'm like, well, because you never had a Polish person, you know? So... 
Um, sold batteries on Times Square, um, made a deal with a guy where, and this is like, I'm 15, 16 doing this, right? So made a deal. I, I, you know, you just, you recognize, okay, this is, there's three electronic stores on one, on one street, one block. How are they competing with each other? They have the same prices. So I went into one guy, I said, look, I'm going to be outside selling batteries for people with cameras. And when they open their camera, I'm like, oh, there's a newer model, you know? Go tell Ari that um, Isabella sent you, and then he'll give you 20% off. So I did that. Like, I was selling the batteries for him outside, like, on, like, like curbside. And you have to fight. Like, in winter, you have to fight for the space where, like, there's 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 heat coming from, from the uh, subway, you know? Subway. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of people fighting for it over there. Nowadays, you can't do any of that stuff. But back then you're able to. Um, and I would make like $15 an hour and then whatever um, I brought in, whatever business I, I brought in. And then the, the guy was so sweet. He would feel bad because I had to go back to school and like do my homework and stuff. So he paid for my cab, right? So he'd need $5 to get back to school. But I would literally get in the ca- cab and then like jump out and then pocket the freaking $4. It's like literally, it's just like, you know, you, you, you just you just do. And, and I, I just had like a lot of, yeah, a lot like survival, but I never felt like, Oh, it's like poor me. Like I just, I was really grateful for the opportunity that I was there. And, and, you know, it's super rare that anyone just like gets picked out like, and like placed and has this, 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 uh, it was incredible, you know? So I always felt really, and one thing that I, I learned then and I always practice it now. I just don't, I don't, I don't mind feeling stupid and looking dumb. I just don't. I don't, I don't mind. Like, so people laugh at me. So I make a mistake. People laugh at me. I look like an idiot. It's fine. And if, if you, if you have, if you live with that sort of like, it's not, not even just like not caring what other people think, uh, other people think, but it's, it's just also like, you know, there's an ego that always like, oh my God, I just don't want to, oh, this is, and if you don't care because you have a, a sort of higher purpose, it's so much more fun. Just life is so much more fun because you just you're like, all right, and you get to experience new things. And and you know, you go take a class where you like you don't know anything. You go to a country you don't know the language, you don't know how to. It's you feel like you're living, but a lot of yes. people are stopped because they don't they they feel like you know they don't want to embarrass themselves. So. That was that that was the that was my beginning. Well, that's uh first off fucking incredible uh to to think about you you doing that stuff at that age. Um is kind of mind-blowing and um and I've now met a number of Polish women <laughs> obviously <laughs> because of my girlfriend and all of her friends who are all here from Poland or just people she's I feel like Polish people attract more Polish people uh, in America yes, they yes. somehow they they find each other and <laughs> I would say if there was, you know, a few words to sum sum her up and and the and the other ladies I've met, uh, it would be resourceful, mm-hmm. like uh, that. There is there is a, um, it's like a can do kind of attitude, but but also just that like, we're an American man. We've become so fucking soft, like just yeah. just like entitled and lazy. And there is there's something that is in that culture, whatever it is that you will find a way. There's always yeah. a way. You just have to find it. Like uh, yeah, and and, and and you just look for it. And if you look yeah. and you put in the work, you'll you'll get what you want. Yeah. And we've lost that, I think, by and large, um, in, in American culture. 
uh, and it's it's a shame. But uh, I'm always in, in awe of of her kind of drive um, against all odds and everything. You know, being here, you know, student visa type thing and yeah. time running out, but still like. It's, it's, it's very, it's, it's very inspirational. And so yeah. just even hearing that story, you know, of you <laughs> hustling camera batteries on the street and, uh, and getting a little, little kickback for, uh, for throwing people <laughs> into the store and then you get your cab money and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five bucks to get home. And then you just pocket, you know, four of it, but that's what you do. Yeah. It's like what you do. If you're, if you're here with a purpose and you have a mission yeah. and you know what yeah. it is, then everything serves that mm-hmm. end. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's... And, and, you know, it, and, and a big part of it as well, because as I was, you know, for, for, for girl, like I, I was always, this is something I was taught in my, in my, you know, through my parents, it were very sort of open. We talk about everything, right. My, my family, we just talk about sex, we talk like everything, but there was, there was very sort of, um, my mom always taught me respect for myself, for my body, for, or like this is yours, like this is, you know, you only like I had to grow up essentially and have that, you know, first first falling in love and then like first boyfriend, like intimacy all by, all by myself, just essentially just talking to my mom on the phone. And but she really taught me something was just like, you know, you do whatever you you just don't sell your body. You know what I mean? Like there, there's just you don't use your sexuality. Like that was whatever just whatever you do, don't hook on the streets. Yeah, like it's like there, you got no stripping, like there was I was taught and it wasn't even like a choice, you know, sometimes like I, I, you'd be like, Oh, you just like, it's just not a choice. Like I would rather starve on the street than like, it's just never been even a, like, there's no, no, there's no choice. Like I'm not going to, let me think, should I go with it? Like, no, just it's, it's a no brainer for me. So, um, but so a, a lot of these jobs, like random jobs I had, they were so odd, you know, but, um, I was like a shoe model in Vegas for one week once, like a shoe model. Like, what is a shoe model? You basically a, wait, a foot model or a shoe model? No, shoe model. Okay. Very different. I'm, I'm just shoe clarifying. For for wait, <laughs> this was which, which I know. Uh, for but that would be like kind of selling your body, which like that was I wasn't up for that. Um, so shoe modeling for um, Kenneth Cole. Um, yeah. They you know uh, they gave me a job. Um, and it was like the best job when you think about it, because it was one week in Vegas from like nine to like five, all I had to do is sit at this booth. And if a buyer for, for like from Macy's or whatever, wanted to come and see a shoe on, it was a shoe convention. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You just put the shoe on and you walk back and forth. The most boring. I thought it like my mind was like, I'm so bored, but I was making so much money for that one week that I was able to like then pocket this money and then like pay for point shoes and, and all that stuff. Cause point shoes were $56 and you use one pair a week, you know? So, um, it, it like a random freaking, I like, just like found a way, but I never, and up until today, just like, I just, I've never used my sexuality or like flirting or anything to, to get ahead. Never. And even then it was just very clear. Like, I'm just going to, you know, do whatever, whatever it takes, but this is where I drew the line because, because it was just like there was no, it wasn't even a thought in my in my head, you know. I want you to know though, you might have just opened the door for some foot fetish people to be <laughs> reaching out to you. 
uh, and knowing that you you clearly must have good looking enough feet to be representing at a shoe convention to be rocking so, different shoes. I, I get people, and I'm not, I'm sure you have too. I, I guarantee you probably had far more than I have, but I get people who slide up in the DMs. Oh, absolutely. Who, who want to see pictures of my feet or yeah. like pay pictures? I'm like, you don't even know what my feet look like. Like I, yeah. I I've I've lived a hard life. I, I hike a lot. I've I've been injured. I've I've had motorcycle accidents. You don't know if you want no, to see I'm my a ballerina. Feet. You can't even like that. Oh yeah, stuff. it's insane. But here's the thing. So, yeah. so here's here's the crazy part of it. Um, so I because you you actually put your foot into a shoe, so you don't. My I was actually because you're supposed to be size six to be a, a shoe model for these conventions. Like it's a thing. Once yeah. a year they go and they pay these shoe models a lot of money. Like for me, that was a lot of money. Cause I made like 5,000, 6,000, like in one week, I was like, this is like amazing. And, and I, that's, that's and good I, money to put on shoes. Yeah. Right. And walk yeah. back and forth. But the reason why I got the job, cause it like, I literally, I was like, Ugh, every time I would put, cause my, my, I'm like six and a half, seven. Right. So like, I like, it was tight. Okay. It was tight. It was like kind of painful. But the reason why I got the job is I had the personality. I would make people laugh because that's part of it, right? So they also want someone who's like, oh, I love these. These are so good. Look at the strap. So great. Like they actually want Charisma. someone. Yeah. It's part of that, like the sales team, you know? And um, so, yeah. And I, I, I remember that was, that was part of it because it was just they were looking not just for someone whose foot is going to fit in there, but just like to have that like fun personality to engage the buyers because it's also boring for them too. Um, so, the, and a lot of times just then later, I kind of got smarter in New York when I was 16. I would, um, 16, from 16 to 17, 17 and a half, I was modeling because someone said, look, you're, you're short, but you like, you have a face, you can like do some modeling stuff, like catalog. And they're like, this is so much, so much better than selling batteries in the street of Times Square. I'm like, really? And I would go into these modeling agencies. No one would sign me because I was too short. And I also wasn't like, I was always thin, right? But I wasn't like a Kate Moss, like really, yeah. you know. And New York and, is all about runway. They're, they're yeah, more exactly. runway than anything. When you're yeah. not, if you're 5'5", five, five, like forget it, That's it's not happening. There was one modeling agency and I still work, it's just funny, it's just, I still work with them. Q models, they're amazing. And this guy saw me and he's like, you know, we can we can figure something out. And he he signed me and I, we're still friends and I see him when I go to New York. Um, and I would I would book jobs a lot of times because, you know, like beauty stuff, but like because of my personality. So I would engage and, and I was I was open to trying new things and I moved because of the dancing thing. So I got to work with pretty awesome photographers, um, David LaChapelle and um, and Libowitz. Like I, I was, I had like a weird sort of modeling career because I never did runway, although I did, I think like two shows or something, but I got to work uh, with interesting photographers and made some money just because, you know, a lot of it was my personality, which, Clearly, and then it was like, well, then yeah, you should be an actress. But um, which later so, turned so out to be the thing. It started yeah. with modeling, then. So you didn't come well, to actually act, or is it just what so actually brought just, you? Yeah. So 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 modeling was just so I could pay for for my ballet stuff. So is right? is dan dance brought you here? Ballet brought you here. Modeling was a modality to pay for the passion yeah. of dance. 
Yeah, because I was not going to, like, I'm like, that is not something I wanted to do. Like, that wasn't, yeah. I, I was already getting annoyed. I was like, but it's like, whatever, catalog, whatever. Just, it was just a money thing for me. So yeah. um, I had no aspirations to be like, yes, I'm going to be like, like no, that's, that was not, yeah. um, that wasn't it. And then when I got injured, um, I was 17 and a half and I got injured and I, this is when like my, my, my world just like collapsed because, you How'd know, you I gave injured? up everything. Um, I wish I had like an awesome story. It's like I was dancing on stage and then and like felt no, it's, it was an, it's, it's usually never interesting. No, no, <laughs> it, it was just a thing that just started to bother me because my back is um, not flexible enough to be to be doing any sort of ballet anyway. And basically, I I, I was forcing forcing it, and and the nerves would. I would get like nerve damage and that would uh, uh, result in like not feeling my foot for an hour or my toes or my, my hand. And, and then, so I injured my ankle, which till today, I don't quite know what the injury is because I went through MRI tests. I went through all of this and no doctors could like, they could not figure out where the pain was coming from. from. Um, they just kept giving me cortisone sh shots, which are horrible because you, if you do yeah. Yeah. be in one place that you're done. So, um, it was just one of these things. I'm like, wow, I like I, I would get better dance for two weeks. Again, the same thing would happen. I would get better. Like it was just that last year um, of me dancing uh, with School of American Ballet was just so awful because I couldn't get better. You couldn't progress because I was always just trying to catch up because of the injury. So I decided I was like, I guess this is it. Like I can't this is I can't figure this out. I mean, I tried everything. I was like doing voodoo treatments. I still have scars from like doing crazy voodoo, like, you know, skin of a cat, putting like just insane stuff to heal this thing. Um, I'm I, love, I, love, I love how committed you are. Yeah, like, I, committed, totally. And, and um, still didn't work, which was for me, that was like the first time I was like, why is God doing this to me? Like I do everything and, and I gave up everything. I didn't know at the time the ballet and all of that was supposed to bring me to America, but that wasn't what I, what I was supposed to do, you know? And I always go back to that moment where, you know, it's not like I knew right away because a lot of times things happen and you just, you're like, why? I can't believe it. And it, it doesn't, it might take you five to 10 years to realize, thank God this happened, you know? Mm. So you just have to have faith and you have to understand if you're doing the right thing and you're following your heart and your passion that you, and you keep your vibration high and you're actually acting from your, your soul, not your ego, then you're going the right direction. And it might look crazy. It might make not like no sense and it be it will be clear at some point it just sometimes it takes longer so um yeah and in my case and i went back to poland i was like what am i going to do with my life and i just booked this movie in poland i had nothing when did you else. go back when did you go back to poland i was like 17 and a half and i went back for like for like three four months i think and but you know once you live for two years two and a half years by yourself in new york you know moving back with your parents yeah, you know in yeah. poland like that's independence yeah you're just like yeah, yeah. no i i've lived already as an adult you know at that point so um i decided to go back to new york and study at um lee strasberg theater institute because i loved the experience of of 
filmmaking in Poland, although that movie was like a tiny movie, whatever, it was not good at all. But I was like, well, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can, I can what, act. What was that movie for the, for the Polish cinephiles who, who might want to look it up? Yeah, I know. I, I love asking these questions because the movies we do early on, we're like, this, I don't want is, you to see that. This is a catchy title. Wait for it. Lithuania, you're my motherland. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know what? You know, hey. look, I was, they were, it, the whole movie was a voiceover. I didn't speak in the movie. It was, oh, actually did, no, they, and there was like music. It was basically a story of our very famous writer and his, it was like his biography, I guess. And, and I, I was on like, like on the horse and then they needed a, a girl who can dance in like mm. in the, in, in the lake. This is how I got the job. And it was just like a random thing that we sh- shot in Belarus and um, Lithuania. I actually got arrested in Belarus. That's another story. Totally not my fault. Um, it never, it never is. It says, never is, it says every, yeah. it says every criminal in jail. I'm innocent. <laughs> um, I wasn't really innocent. It took like a day to get me out. I basically crossed the border illegally, not realizing wow. I did, and they thought I was smuggling something because they were. Yeah, it was. It was quite a thing. Um, oh, I got stories. I, like I, I never experienced fear like that. I've never experienced. I was like, "This is it. I'm going to die, and I'm going to be raped here for sure." Because they were not listening to me. They just threw me in the cell, and like no phone, call, nothing. It's insane. But um, well, um, so let's... maybe maybe I got addicted. I was like, "I love this filmmaking. Look at this. <laughs> you get to experience all these things." Um, well, I yeah. do want to point out right now because this is this is I think a, a good segue because I'm I have a hunch we're about to go from here uh, to to. Uh, the launch of the acting career. And I, I think coyote ugly, which, which was really kind of your breakout role. Um, it's something that you've said, you know, already is such a valuable takeaway. And that's kind of, you know, what we really want to be diving into in general, just with, with things, uh, within eight night talks, but, uh, it's all about, it's all about consciousness and it's all about reality and the lessons that we learn. And hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? Like we can look back and be like, uh, "Oh, oh, that's why," and it all makes sense now. Now I'm grateful for that that difficulty or that misery or that trial or that hurt or whatever it may have been. But you know, it's hard to see the forest through the trees when we're in the middle of it. And while you said you you came essentially or initially to America uh, for ballet, and that was what you wanted to do at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and that ended up not happening, but through that, through all of that, you got groomed first off to hustle mm-hmm. big time to, to find independence for one, to become an adult at a, at a very young age, uh, to understanding essentially, you know, modeling career and, uh, and really kind of, I would say embody, embodying your your essence, your, your, your physical appearance, you know, the, the gifts that you've, you've been given in this life type thing, understanding what they are and how to use them ultimately to your advantage, like what that, what the value of those things ultimately are. And that's very important to know. And then you leave, you go back to Poland and what gets you your first, and also the charisma, the charisma component, because you obviously got a lot of these, you know, uh, even if they're shoe modeling jobs, uh, as you're saying, the the charisma, the personality, those things are ultimately what sell that. And if you are a a charismatic person, if you're an outgoing person, uh, you're going to be able to sell anything. 
you know, ultimately, like, because people are attracted to that energy. If it's a positive energy, if it's an outgoing energy, uh, that that is something that attracts other people. Uh, even if it's even if it's darkness, like light attracts darkness, like it, or or it attracts you know other light as well. But it's it's on a frequency that ultimately people are going to gravitate to no matter what frequency they're on. It's, it's going to attract either people who are on the same vibration or people who yeah. aren't, who want that vibration, like who are trying to, to get to that. And, and that ultimately led you back to Poland in which at that time you got your first acting gig because you were a dancer. And right. so all of that ultimately served, you know, which mm-hmm. may have seen like at the time, like oh, I have these, these injuries, these things like, this isn't yeah. fair. This sucks. Like, you know, I came here to do all of this and now I, I'm not able to, like, I'm physically limited in this, this, you know, what is the point of this? And I've, you know, I've done all this hard work. I fought, I've done all, you know, why have you forsaken me? That, that type yeah. of thing. And we've all been yeah. there. Completely. Yes. Yes. But then hindsight, and obviously it's never that case when you're in the middle of it, in the middle of it, yeah. you're like cursing God, you're cursing everybody, you're cursing, you know, whatever your faith is, you're cursing it because you're like, this is unfair and this isn't right. And one of the big takeaways I think from that, and you and you tell me if it's you know something that you you would you would echo, is that um, <laughs> uh, this this is happening for me, not to me, and that mm-hmm. is the difference. Where people are in shitty situations, why is this happening to me? It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. It's happening yeah. for you to get you where you need to go. Providing you're going to pay attention, providing you're going to continue to listen to your intuition, your higher self, and go with that flow. Because ultimately, if you can quiet the ego, as you were saying, the ego, which it's necessary, people, like we have an ego for a reason. It keeps us alive. Uh, But if unchecked, it can, can, you know, lead to bad things or take us off course. But if we can quiet that and listen to the intuition, listen to our higher self, tell us like, hey, go here, do that. Hey, Mm -hmm. hey, psst, psst. Over here, over here. If you listen to that voice, it's never wrong. It never, ever, ever leads you astray. It may tell you to do things that make you uncomfortable. It may tell you to do things that like take you way outside of a comfort zone or seem impossible or make you really have to put yourself out there or whatever the case may be. But it's never, ever wrong. And yeah. it never has been. It never will be. But people don't quiet their mind enough. They don't get into that practice of meditation. They don't get into that practice of of silencing things long enough to distinguish what is ego? What is fear? And what right. is their higher self, which is always the, the quieter voice? It's always that still voice, the yeah. voice that's like analyzing too. Whenever I, I, I define it as like whenever you're thinking something and you're like, oh, man, this, this sucks or I'm not going to I'm not going to be good enough for this. Or I'm not doing that. And then there's that other voice that goes, wait, why did I just say that? Yes. That's your higher self. That yes. quiet questioning voice that, that is yeah. so silent that is it's like the observer above you mm-hmm. that is looking down at the thoughts you're saying. The ego that is talking, the fear that is talking is like, why are you saying that? That's your higher self. And when yes. people get in tune to that, then suddenly they can find their purpose. They can get on their path. They can, you know, yeah. whatever they came here to do. And it seems like, and I, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but from from the journey that you had, to going back to Poland, to getting that first, and I'm just anticipating this because I don't really, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I know from Poland, uh, you're obviously going to go back to America at some point, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Coyote Ugly is going to come. Uh, and yeah. so maybe I'm just, you know, uh, making logical guesses of what happened, but it, it seems like maybe that was the case. Am I wrong? No, absolutely. That's exactly what happened. You know, I kind of got the the acting bug. And and mind you, I, my, my parents are both actors, so I grew up 
with well, your parents are actors. Yeah, my, my mom doesn't do it anymore. My dad still still is an actor. And so I grew up in theater and I and I did some like little like movies and stuff when I was a kid in Poland, but it wasn't like it was just like, oh, you know, just because my parents like I was in the business, but it was so not ever my intention to do that. It's kind of like Ugh, that's what your parents do, you know. I wanted to suffer for my art with ballet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't it wasn't until after when I'm like, wow, this actually fulfills the same spot dancing did in, in inside of me, but I don't have like I can do this for the rest of my life. And so that that's what that's when I decided to go back to New York and study at least Stras Strasbourg Theater Institute, which I didn't like at all. On it, like I, I never recommend it personally now. But but it was you know it was for something, and then you know literally I would say seven months later, well actually a year later, I was shooting, almost a year later, I was shooting Coyote Ugly, my first official audition was Coyote Ugly, which is insane. Now, I didn't get it right away. It wasn't like, oh my God, we love you. Here's here's the job. No, it was like multiple auditions. I didn't hear from them for like a month and a half or two months or something. And then they, I was like, oh, this still thing, this thing is still um, happening. Um, they auditioned like, you know, the, like every girl for this, for this part, for all of us in, in the movie. But it was very interesting. Also, how I got my first agent it was insane because I, I met my then boyfriend and he's like, look, I know someone who I used to work with. He's a big agent and, um, you know, he can, I don't know, give you some tips, you know. So I flew to and I would fly. I used to live in New York. I, I used to fly. I would take like the, the earliest flight in the morning um, um, and uh, and get here at like, you know, seven or eight or whatever, Tell whatever me. time and then do like meetings during the day and then take a red eye back to New York because I didn't want to pay for a hotel. Exactly. Just like, you know, and I, and one of my meetings is with this guy and he was like, he was one of the biggest agents. Um, Nick Stein is awesome. And I'm, you know, still in, in touch with him. He, um, he, he represented really big people at the time. Like Cameron Diaz, like, Mel like just like insane names. Like I never thought like this guy is, is going to sign me. And he's like, look, he like, I love your story. I love your passion. I'm going to give you three scripts, but you can't tell anyone about this because I, I can't rep you. And I'm like, sure. And he, he said, he hip pocketed you. Yeah, exactly. The hip, hip pocketing. And, you know, he came out to be like the biggest genius because um, I, I actually got callbacks on all three. I, I read for Save Last Dance, which then I later did Save Last Dance 2. I, I actually didn't book the first one, but I played the lead in the second one, which is interesting. Uh, Center Stage and Coyote Ugly. And I, I got, you know, callbacks and all and then booked um, uh, Coyote Ugly, which was insane. And just that that whole thing was just uh, phenomenal and insane and just, you know, obviously opened a lot of doors for me. Um, and, and, you know, let's be honest, like all of these were dance movies. So I actually got to, in my career, I've already, I've got, I got to dance probably more and more people saw my dancing that ever will ever would have ever seen my dancing if I was in the theater, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. which is just like so insane. And this is what I always, I remind myself and others. There's so, there's so much that you don't know. There's, there are things that we know. There are things that we know that we don't know. Right. So we, we, I know that I don't know how to fly a plane, but there are things that we don't know that we don't know. Because they're not even part of our, maybe they're not even created, you know? Think about Clubhouse even. 
I always go back to that. Like if someone like made it really big on Clubhouse a year ago, they couldn't be let me manifest this. They didn't even know this the thing would exist. So the idea is to just, you know, be in that high frequency and con- and watching yourself and really, and I want to go back to the lessons that you were talking about because this is something I now even perfected um, in a way. Um, and and if you're in it and you keep doing it and you keep letting go of the ego, letting trying not to going somewhere, but like letting go of the result, which is the hardest thing to like keep keep on going, but actually not want it. Like, why do you do that? Like you, you give it your best, but you don't want it. It's really, really hard. Um, that's why being in, in like in the present moment is the key, because if you're in present, you're not like I am training to get a six back. Like, don't think that it's just like I am training. I'm in this moment. I am enjoying. Doesn't matter what happens. It's the hardest thing, obviously, but that is the key. If you do that, you will get where you're supposed to be. And it might be not where you thought. It might be so much better, you know. Even the beginning of my career, when I started acting, I was like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this movie, this movie. And I got to do a lot. I mean, I've had an amazing career, but like it didn't go at all how I planned, okay, at all. And and so many years I've, I um, I found myself so like pissed off about certain things and, and, you know, grateful that I kept working, but I was like, it's not going. But because of this not being handed to me, I started to meditate a lot more. I started to learn about myself. I started to freaking paint. And like, I, this is another thing we can one day talk about. I, I do artwork that I sell. Like, you know, I, that's not something I ever like would have thought I would do. I, I, you know, had a foundation that I developed. Like there's all these other things that I did because I was really expanding and reaching my, just to understand myself, the world, the creation that probably would not have happened if I was like, oh, here's like, you have a big show. We now we're super huge. And like, that's it. Like you just, there's such beauty in actually being like, ah, there's such, if you know what you're doing, but another thing, which is something I practice a lot, um, coming back to, to ego, it's like, if, if your life is throwing different experiences, right. In, in, and like, just like annoying things. Like right now, what I'm doing is always best, like personal examples. I have a lot of things in my house that are like breaking that like, you know, like, why did this happen? Now I have to deal with this, this repair and this repair, this repair. And it's like, wow, like throwing money at this. And when you start on just not being upset about things, but you start understanding why is the world, the universe throwing this at me? And you go, well, maybe you're supposed to examine your relationship with money. Maybe you're supposed to examine your relationship with abundance. And you start going, going like, oh, wow, if what is the what are those experiences making you feel? It's making you like it's making me go, oh, God, I can't believe I have to spend that much money on this. Like, it's like, well, that's all good. Don't have that feeling. Why do you have that feeling? And if you start going and you and you and you observe it. Sometimes you don't even have to do anything, but just observe it. Just observe yourself reacting like this, right? Same thing with relationships. Someone is like attracting bad people. Like I stopped attracting bad people. It's amazing. I've always had like, oh, I'm like, why is this happening? The minute I realize, I'm like, oh, it's teaching me self-worth. Huh. Now that you have self-worth, you know, you might not be 
you you're not gonna attract assholes or like if you do just you just you're not even like it's they're not gonna enter your reality at all and it's so beautiful when we learn to see those things that seem to be bad and wrong and oh that's not what i wanted to manifest no 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 it's it's exactly what you need to manifest right now so you can observe your reaction and go whoa maybe i should huh interesting i'm reacting like how how do I react with, to this with love, you know, which is another thing now with, with everything that's happening, right? It's like the polarity and people's division and, and what does that make you feel? If it makes you feel angry, whatever side anyone is on, right? If it's making you feel angry and, oh, I can't believe this. That's not good. Maybe it's happening also. So it brings out, wow, you want to be right. Your ego just wants to be right. Your ego wants to go, mm, that's not got to let go of it. And, and when you do, you're not going to experience that. So, um, I treat as hard as it is and as disappoint, you feel disappointed and you let yourself feel the disappointment. you let it, you let it affect you. We're human. This is part of the experience, but when observe yourself doing, observe yourself being disappointed, observe being, um, you know, getting angry or frustrated and understand, oh, there's a belief. There is a belief that's that's hidden behind it. When you do, those things will either stop right away. Sometimes I've had things where like, wow, it just never, ever happened again. Like just never, ever had this experience. Because the minute it's like, boom, light bulb, and that belief is gone. Or they'll just, they'll start happening. It's less and less and less. Same thing with health. Same thing. Every Everything that doesn't seem right in our life, if it keeps happening, we can't get out of the loop. There was a lesson, which yeah. is just a belief that we need to face. And we're unless we do, it's going to keep happening. Yes. If you find yourself repeating the same, the same thing over and over again, it's definitely the universe telling you there is a, a lesson that you're not learning here uh, because it's trying, to, it's trying to help you. It's trying to teach you. Things aren't against you. They're, they're happening for you ultimately in life. And, uh, and everything that you see to and, and other people is ultimately the reflection of you you're seeing yourself in them and yeah. so whether that is a lack of love whether that is too much judgment whether that is a lack of just empathy in general the ability to put yourself in other people's shoes which i really think is the, the crux of the division we're seeing now i mean especially in in, in the united states um of, of people is just this inability to for one fucking second Put yourself in someone else's shoes, yes. someone else's upbringing, someone else's background, someone else's ideology, someone else's race, someone else's sexual orientation, whatever it is, and picture like, which I think you, you have an advantage of, you know, when, when you're an actor, because empathy is at the core of everything, because you can yes. never play another character who is different from you unless you are an empathetic person, unless you truly can put yourself in their shoes and, and embody that from a grounded, honest place. Otherwise, you're acting, and that's yes, not good, yes. like, right? Yes. You know, it, it needs yes. to be authentic and, and real. And in order to find that authenticity, you have to be able to take yourself out of your current situation, out of your paradigm, out of your upbringing, out of your story, uh, and put yourself in somebody else's. And, and at the very least, be like, well, what would I do in that situation? fuck, I probably would have done the same thing now that I think about it. I'm only who I am because of my circumstance, because of who raised me, because of where I was raised and the things I was taught. And that's impacted everything in my life. 
But if I was raised somewhere else by different people in a different culture and a different religion, I would think completely fucking different things and I would be justified in doing them. Yeah. And once we realize that, and suddenly you have to you have to withhold judgment. You you have to withhold condemnation and realize that like I'm no different than any of you. And I, I think that's one of the biggest parts of psychedelics. Um, and and I, I don't know how much uh, experience you have with this, but I, as many people who <laughs> tune into Nate and I talk, so especially on, on Clubhouse for the past many months, you know that I'm a psychonaut and I am a, a huge advocate of psychedelics um, or entheogens, whatever, whatever you want to call them, um, not drugs. <clears throat> Um, yes, a big, big difference between a, a plant-based medicine that's been used for tens of thousands of years and predates religion on this planet compared to, you know, uh, fucking Vicodin or, you know, heroin or, or whatever. Um, th- these things have been used in, in wisdom teaching, shamanic practices, rites of passage, healing, et cetera, et cetera, and have a tremendous benefit. It's only really in the recent, you know, really 50 years more in particularly 60 years within the u.s since the embargo on psychedelics since the schedule one that took place you know under the nixon administration that these things were vilified and, and demonized the way that they were but before that they were sacred they were passed down from generation to I generation have a theory about this too <laughs> oh yeah i mean i'm interested to hear it because i i'm not too sure Mm-hmm. I know you're familiar because you've been in many of my rooms on, on Clubhouse. You know how passionate I am about them yeah. and how they've saved my life in, in many ways. Uh, they've cured me of not only addiction, but past traumas, um, you know, just a deeper spiritual understanding of, of you know, God, source, the universe, uh, the connection between all things. And mm-hmm. once again, that we're all the same, that we there is no other. It's just I, we, we are all one. And this yeah. illusion of like us versus them is that's that's a man-made construct that is meant to divide, conquer, and suppress the people, like so that they don't know who's ultimately the puppeteer at the top who's pulling the strings. And yeah. I'm a big I'm a big advocate of them. Obviously, done with the proper set setting, integration, and with the respect and reverence that they deserve. But uh, and they're not you know ultimately for everybody. You have to be called to do them. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious on. Uh, on your experience, if you if you've had any, um, mm-hmm. I feel like you've you've mentioned something once to me about having experience, but I don't know how deep that goes. I don't know with what in particular, but I am curious to hear about that because I mm-hmm. think this uh, the the psychedelic renaissance that's taking place right now, at least in the United States, with everything happening with maps, John Hopkins, and all the. The scientific studies now, for those of you who don't know this, but the clinical trials, the medical studies, um, they are all taking place in the 50s and 60s. And the proof of them, of the medical benefits, uh, not just you know uh, from a, a psychological healing standpoint, but from an addiction standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint. Like in the 60s, we saw the LSD cured alcoholism uh, out of a thousand patients or something. It was like 50% of them were cured instantly after one LSD sitting who are raging alcoholics and never touched it again, where AA has a success rate of like, you know, 3% or something incredibly low like that. Um, But now these new studies are showing the effects of psilocybin or magic mushrooms for those of you who don't know, 
um, for, uh, for not just PTSD, depression, but also for, you know, mortality for people who are like stage three and cancer and, and coping with death. Same thing with MDMA for soldiers who have PTSD, um, ketamine for depression. I mean, the list goes on and on. And the, the data is there showing the tremendous benefits. Um, and for those of you who don't know what schedule one is, uh, and I just want to clarify all this stuff before I, you know, because right, right. I, I don't, I don't know what all, you know, Izzy's going to have to say about this, but I want to make sure people understand that this, uh, the framing of this, the stigma of this is completely wrong. It is blatant lies. It is not scientific. It is not medical. There is no fact-based anything for the, the demonization, the stigmatization that's taken place with psychedelics, especially in America, what we call a schedule one. That's the worst scheduling you can get for a, a drug, um, which means there's no medical benefit and there's a high abuse factor, highly addictive. Both of those are complete lies and have been proven scientifically false time and time again, yet in America and most countries around the world, uh, even things like weed, the same thing. I mean, we all know the benefits of weed at this point. You want to talk about things that kill you? Alcohol, nicotine, caffeine, sugar. Those things are legal, rampant, and and fed to you daily and are leading to, uh, you know, exponentially more deaths than, than anything else. And psychedelics don't lead to it. I mean, outside of, uh, you know, the, the most random occurrence of somebody maybe using something completely irresponsibly mixed with other drugs or not knowing they did it and they just do something stupid, get hit by a car or whatever, but there's no real OD factor to it. Um, but these things, uh, the schedule, one of them is completely inaccurate because there are medical benefits, tremendous medical benefits, spiritual benefits, uh, rites of passage benefits, and they, they're not addicting. You, you don't take a psychedelic and ever <laughs> want to do it again. Like you, like you don't smoke DMT or take <laughs> ayahuasca Let's or psilocybin. Yeah, no. no fucking way. You're like, I need to process everything that just happened for the next year. <laughs> And, yeah. and hope that I even take some of that back. And so yeah. I just wanted to clarify that for, for people before I kind of, you know, get your take on this or your experience with it, because I think it's very valuable, especially at the time we're at now uh, in the world uh, with with kind of the, you know, the paradigm shift that's taking place with the kind of like the psychedelic, you know, renaissance. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've never been big on alcohol, um, just... I, I think the first drink I had, um, I was 21 years old. My, my birthday, I had a glass of wine. Just more because I wanted to be uh, productive. And, and alcohol just, and I, I'm Polish, so I feel like we have vodka running through our blood to begin with. So I would have, I have to drink so much to get to like that place that most people get after one drink. And, um, and it's not worth it for me because the next day I don't feel good. So, I never, and drugs, I just, I do think I have an, an addictive personality. If one thing is good, two must be better. I can't have chocolate in my house. Like, I, I like, no. I'm the same. I, I'm the same. It is, you know, and so that's why I never tried cocaine. I'm like, what if I like it? Because it's an upper. That's what I hear. I'm like, I like things that make me go up. Like, no, I don't want to try it because I'm like, what if I'm, and I'm also one of these people, I'm like super, I'm, you know, I, I consider myself intelligent, but I can like hide it. Those are the worst people that can hide things, you know, because it's, it's very damaging to you. So I just never messed with it. So, um, I want to just start with that because, um, not that that makes a huge difference, but when I started learning about plant medicine, I, cause I, you know, just like many people, 
um, I was thinking like, oh, weed is just like for this. And, then, and I tried weed, not my thing. Um, I don't like the way it makes me feel. Um, I have used it on my dog, this guy, uh, a little bit. Uh, I think it's unbelievable, the health benefits. And that's sort of the the um, weed, CBD, THC. I did a lot of research before I was giving it to my dog. <laughs> this was when I had a tiny dog. She was 16 and a half, and it was amazing for her. Like, she's like, she, she, she had two more years um, because of that. Um, but that was like a the doorway to like, oh, wow, like plant, that's a little bit different. Like there is, it just opened my mind to that. And um, I remember I saw a friend of mine who I really, really trust. And he was talking about uh, mushrooms and he was telling me, you know, uh, 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 the right journey with mushrooms. It's like, you know, three years of therapy, basically in one Ten night. Years. what are you talking about and and because he was saying it he's a a, an amazing spiritual author and human being and because he was saying and i trust him i'm like wow like that so you've done it he's like yes and you know this is this is this is the person that you know you should do it with and and i and i'm one of those people like i'm like hey if i trust someone and i've known him for years i'm like yep let me do it. And of course I, I decided to do it alone because I, I wanted to. You that's did it alone. Thing. Yeah. So, oh. so my, my first journey, I'm like, it was a chocolate. It's amazing. Um, I, you know, did a lot of praying. I did, I, I wanted guidance and he was also like ready to like answer my calls if something was going wrong. And I'm like, I should do a little bit and then see what happens a little bit. Cause I didn't know what to expect. And you, you know, if you've never done anything and, and I, once did too much of THC and I was seeing things, it opened my consciousness. I was seeing things from my childhood and smelling things that I never even realized I remembered. That was insane. I'm like, how am I remembering the apartment that we were in when I was three? How is this possible? It's all in our mind. And I didn't like the experience, right? Cause you, it's, you're, uh, you're not in control and I'm, I, I'm like to be in control. But the fact that it was possible just just blew my mind. So with the with with mushrooms, the, the first journey I did, I was alone and I just kept adding and adding and adding, and I had such a profound experience of crying. It this lasted for like I would say four or five hours. I was just crying, sobbing, and and what I understood because you ask, you have certain intentions, but it always gives you what you need at the end of the day. Yes. So it's kind of what it is in life, the same thing. Like you want this, but you can like direct it and guide it. But if you're really living tr- truthfully, it will give you what you need for your, and and you can achieve things that you didn't even think were possible. You didn't even know they, they existed. So you just have to trust it and go with it um, and continue doing the work. And this was so interesting because I was crying over all the animals that ever I lost as a, the hamster, the, like all of the, all of things that I lost that I didn't allow myself, I guess, to, to, to grieve um, yeah. um, as a child. And it was, it was very strange uh, because I took small, a pretty high dose, but you know, uh, not all at once. The next journey I did, I'm like, now I know what it feels like. I did it all at once. And it was the most insane beautiful, intense journey. 
I only did it twice. This is this is coming back to this is not like you can't get addicted to it. Also, because it's not like this, like woohoo, like it. It really, if you let it, which I believe to respect the plant, you should just sit with it, whether you do it in the group, but there's, there should be an intention. I don't believe in doing it like, you know, at a concert and stuff. Yeah, if you want to see pretty colors. But I, what I did enjoy is that if you wanted to step out of this experience and make yourself some tea, you could. And then you step right back in, which was very interesting. If I, like, I was... Uh, it was still out of control, but if I really wanted, like, it wasn't just like, I am, I don't know what's happening to me. Um, and it, I experienced, uh, some, such tremendous guidance from mother earth. And I just felt like, I was like, wow, I'm not here alone. And I saw things that I did not think they were in my mind and memories and people. And, and it was just a puzzle, which now I'm also learning that this is the language that my guides, I guess are speaking to me with different images and I'm learning now how to um, understand it uh, more than words. Um, and and this, those two experiences opened up to me to uh, 5-MeO-DMT, um, which is a big jump, uh, I would say. Before we go to 5-MeO, let's just say this so people know. Uh, you were talking about psilocybin first, uh, so yes. mushrooms, and you took it in chocolate form, yes? Yes, yes. One of the Chocolate, biggest, and they were, they were, they were different. Um, you know, again, a source. It's so important. You don't just get it from anyone. It needs to be the right source. It needs to be everything. Well, in general, everything you put into your body, there is a vibration around it, right? But with, especially with something like this, it's it's very, very important. Yes, that's why. I mean, I would encourage people, especially with psilocybin, uh, to just grow it yourself. You can actually buy spore kits legally online yes. in America. And grow it yourself and then you're pouring your energy into it your love your intention because you don't know like i mean psychedelics are different than a normal drug you would buy like if you have to go to a person to buy it they're usually a different person the person who's gonna be slanging like coke or heroin but you still don't know where they come from you don't know what energy is is you know is transmitted across that and if you don't think that stuff is real it is well, that's all yes. we are is energy that is all the nature of the universe is and you have to grasp this this is just quantum physics in general that there is no matter everything at its core is just energy it's resonance it's frequency it's vibration that is all everything is and that yes. is all we are and that is what we're radiating out for better or worse whether it's a high vibration positive love or it's a low vibration negative fear whatever it is uh, it's attached to things and that's why you can walk into a room and meet somebody and either instantly before they say a fucking word, you're like, I don't like that person. Or you're like, I fucking love that person. Like you're like yeah. a, you know, a soul sister or a brother to me. Like, yeah. and I don't even know you, but like you're my best friend right now. Mm -hmm. And that's because your, your energy, your aura, if you will, is touching before you even say a word, that yeah. field that you're putting out, that resonance is there. And if somebody's on that same frequency, you're instantly like, boom, yeah. you're, you're right in with them. Um, but with, with psilocybin, I just want to, you know, uh, make something clear and, and for people to, if they want to do their own research, look up Paul Stamets. Paul Stamets is the, the, I would say probably the foremost authority in the world on, on fungi, on, on all things fungi, like fungus in general, which is, you know, what, what mushrooms are. Um, and, uh, and he, he, he's been on Joe Rogan. He's been, he's written a number of books. Um, he's an, an incredible authority on this subject. Um, but the, you know, mushrooms, on this planet now, I think we found the oldest one that's like fossilized, that's like 1.2 billion years old. 
That is 1.2 billion years of evolution of knowledge. And if you know anything about fungi, you know that it's actually like my, mycelium is like a, it's a neurological network. It's like a giant brain and they've, they've mapped this stuff out. They've seen it in nature that it's like a giant brain that's communicating with itself over acres and acres and acres of land. And that knowledge that's been here for 1.2 billion years, when you're taking these things, you feel that knowledge, you feel this awe, this sense of wisdom that is there, that is so profound to you that you're like, <laughs> like you, you, you don't really know how to, uh, you know, yes. to respond to it, other than just, you have to let go. You can't yeah. resist. Like you're along for that journey for that four or five hours, maybe seven, if you go on the hero's journey. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're, you're there. And if you resist, it's going to be a really difficult time. But if you let go, kind of like you're saying, where you're going in and out of it and you just allow it to be what it's yes. going to be, because it's going to be exactly what it's supposed to be for well, you. you. Need it at the time. Yes. yes. And, th- and I'm glad that you said that because that is just the, it, it echoes and everything you've said already tonight about your journey and, and just everything in life, like, is that all we can know is the destination. All we can know is where we want to be, where we want to end up, where, what, who is the person I want to be? What do I want to achieve professionally, spiritually, as a family, physically, sexually, with a companion, whatever it is, what are those end games that I want? That is all you can know because the journey there, what's going to take you there is going to be nothing that you could ever foresee. And if you think even in acting, because this is like the pitfall, I think early on is you see other big actors and how they got their break, how they got their start. Well, I'm going to do it like, you know, Brad Pitt did or or Meryl Streep did. Like, no, you're not. That's their journey. That's their story. Your story is going to be completely fucking different. Your journey is going to be completely different. And if you're trying to pigeonhole yourself into this is the way things are going to be and this is how it should be because I've done the research and I, I know you don't know shit. Like you have to let go because that journey for one is what makes life worth living because you don't know what it's going to be. And it's only when you, you reach your destination and you get that because a destination is never ultimately, it's it's fulfilling for a fleeting moment. You win that award, you book that movie, the high is there for a a day, maybe a week, maybe a month if you're lucky, then it goes away and you're empty again. And if all you're doing is chasing that end you're always going to be miserable, like in the end. But if you realize that that journey that took you there, that struggle, that uncertainty, that surprise of like, holy shit, I can't believe it happened this way because I never would have thought that was how it was going to be. Then you're like, that is the journey of life. That is what it's about. That is the beauty. And I just have to let go. Focus on what I know I want because I will get there. Focus on that and then let go of everything else that's going to get me there because what's going to get me there will never, ever be what you think it will be. The person you'll end up being with will never be the person that you thought because they're going to come in a different package and you're going to be like, but wait a minute, actually, this is what I needed all along. And I didn't even realize it's what I wanted, but I, I I was limiting my thoughts. I was compartmentalizing things into a little box and the universe is like, no, no, like that's, I know, I know everything you don't. And so trust me, know what you want and then let go. And that's the same with like psychedelics and with mushrooms, just know that there is a big component called neurogenesis, which Paul Stamets talks about. And a big benefit of, of, of the psilocybin in particular is that it actually creates something called neurogenesis in your brains where, where part in your brain, where part, um, 
uh, neurologically, you start to communicate with parts of your brains and receptors that were not talking before. So you become far more aware, spiritually connected, and it lasts like it, it lasts after yes. the fact. Like you yes. have new neurological pathways that Absolutely. open that change you in a way better way, even if the journey was difficult. Even if yes. like you struggled in it, and you're like, you come out the other side, uh, uh, like yeah. you never regret it when it's over. Like you may like during it, like cry for help or like want to die or whatever it is, yeah. but you make yeah. it through and you're like, I would never trade that experience for anything. Yeah. For anything. Because there are a lot, there's so much happening. That's another thing that people don't understand. There's so much happening in the unseen world when you're, when you're journeying, um, just in general, when you do work on yourself, there's so much happening that you can't see that it's actually working for you. You just have to trust it. And I was going to say to um, comment on what you were saying, you can, you know, there are ways where you can like push through and like do all the things that you want to achieve. And in like the 3D reality, yeah, you will. Like if you go, you know, if you work really, really hard enough, like you will go forward. Right. But it's, 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 you're not using the universal power and knowledge to push you through. And that's what we want. Cause we don't want, we want this struggle that we're, going through not to be because you're like pushing hard but like you're like experiencing something and you're very aware of it it's painful you let yourself cry you but you the whole time you're watching yourself cry like I now when I cry when I get mad I watch myself I'm like okay you just feel it feel it all the way because it's another Mm. thing in order to release the trauma you actually have to feel it this is something I didn't know until this year because I always thought like you got to be positive always happy and positive not really. You yeah. have to be in high frequency, but you can't be in high frequency if there's if you're you have so much trauma. And the way you work through trauma, not necessarily going back to your childhood, you could, but a lot of times it doesn't really do much. You actually feel it. So if you feel, I don't know, like this week I didn't like book a job that I wanted, right? And I'm like, oh, the disappointment. You're like, I'm pissed. It's worked so hard to put this audition on tape. And then you feel really disappointed and like, why, why? And you feel it. And A, first you feel it and you let yourself cry and grieve, whatever. Then you ask, why is it so dramatic, right? So you can ask yourself like, why do you think you're dying, you know? And you you ask yourself like, why is it so painful to you? And then, you know, then you go, well, maybe it's because, I don't know, I don't feel like I feel I need to be validated and acknowledged, right? You go, hmm, interesting. Ego. That's it. And that's all you do. That's the work. You go, I need to be back. And you don't even have to go and like, now I'm going to try to validate myself. No, just be aware of it. The next time it comes, you're like, oh, I'm doing this because I don't feel validated. And you can talk yourself soothing. I do a lot of self-soothing. I'm like, oh, I know you just want to be validated, Isabella. That's so cute. I know. I just do a lot of that because I see. And then you see yourself that those disappoints, whatever keeps happening, which is just part of our business. So no matter what, like, I don't think you can ever really escape that. Even if you go through all your trauma, it's just part of the business. Um, but you won't really feel it like that anymore. Um, it's, it's going to happen less and less, which is amazing. That's how you go through the trauma, but can you just, yeah, you can, you can make things happen in like the 3d reality with like pushing, pushing, but the idea is like, no, you want to be divinely guided. You don't want to just act out of ego. Sometimes I do that, right? So sometimes I'm like, 
I know I should just meditate right now, but I need I need action. So I'm like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to write this emails. So I get myself going, although I know I'm just acting out of my ego to think I'm doing something, to getting things so I I feel like I'm, you know, participating and pushing my dream forward. But even then, I'm aware in my mind that it's my ego because my ego wants to do something. Because then, like, you know, if you do something, if you send enough emails, then you're, you're going to push your dream forward. And it's fascinating because you just watch yourself do that. Because in the beginning, you can't escape it. This is what we, we, we train. We're told, like, you know, you do put enough work, you get stuff back. Huh? There's a lot of people that don't, don't do anything, and they get a lot of stuff just like that. And you wonder, what, how do, are they luckier? No. They, their belief systems are completely different, so they just attract things. It's really easy for them. Um, so, but let's go back to the so, – so with – and you see a lot of that when you do when you do these journeys because you're you kind of you're removed from yourself you're connected to this power that's like all you know all all around you you with with mushrooms you see a lot I, I saw a lot I felt a lot and I smelled a lot like I, the, the smell thing is really interesting for me but that have compelled you, have you done, me Have you done LSD? No, I haven't. Okay, but yeah, you that, but yeah. you've done five meo yeah so i went for it i went for it yeah let me just say this before she gets into her five meo story uh five meo dmt is five methoxy dimethyl tryptamine for those of you who might not know which is also the bufo bufo alvarius frog um and so it's just an excretion of this uh, snora desert toad um from the back it's like they have like these it's like a bullfrog that has like a gigantic almost like zits on his back and they pop them, they squeeze them and it shoots out like a pus. It's really disgusting. And they dry that pus and then you smoke it. Um, so it's as, once again, as natural as, as can be, uh, no, no pharma involved. Um, but 5-MeO-DMT is considered pound for pound the most powerful compound on the entire planet. I mean, DMT was already thought to be the most powerful compound. Uh, but but 5-MeO-DMT is is next level in a way. And I have thoughts about it. I've, I've obviously done, you know, all of these things a number of times, but, uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, she went from psilocybin, which is, is a great, you know, once again, I think it's a great starting point for many people, but it can also be one of the most difficult journeys of your life. Cause it, if you have a lot of it, or if you do a hero's journey, uh, you know, my top three most difficult journeys of my entire life. Number two was on, on psilocybin was on mushrooms. Um, I on a hero's dose. Hero's dose for those of you who don't know it would be like five grams and above, um, but DMT, <laughs> which is the, which is the active ingredient in ayahuasca. Uh, so mm-hmm. some of you might be familiar with ayahuasca. Um, uh, the, the active ingredient in ayahuasca is is DMT, methyltryptamine, and it's uh, orally digested because of an MAOI that they mix it with. So it's basically a, a root bark and a leaf that they mix together. The leaf has MAOI, the root bark has DMT, and you drink it in a cup, and it allows the DMT to be uh, digested over a four to five hour period. So it's a long trip. DMT or 5-MeO-DMT, you smoke, and it is an instantaneous blast off to the other side, the other side of the veil, the other side of death, another dimension. It, it is your your chance to commune with beings of higher intelligence, with God's source, with whatever your journey may be. Uh, it is a very powerful, powerful, life-changing compound. So I am very curious 
to know. It's a very funny leap that you're like, yeah, no, I didn't do you know LSD or ayahuasca. I just did psilocybin. The other five MEO DMT, like literally, like, yeah. like zero yeah. to a thousand miles an hour. So tell yeah, me about that. Two two mushroom trips, and then, well, my um, my fortieth birthday was 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 this year. And I, you know, I couldn't do like a party. Not that I, I'm like, I'm not really a big party person, but I always try to do something awesome for my friends and just something fun. And I, now it's usually like mostly spiritual and then, but you know, couldn't get because of, of what's happening in the world. So I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do something for myself. And I'm like, what would be a great gift for myself? And a friend of mine told me she, she did that. And she was, she's like, I think you could really benefit from it. So I, I, I had a, a session with someone, a, a facilitator, someone who was um, administered, because this is not something you want to do alone. Uh, I mean, I no. guess some people do do it alone. Uh, definitely not the first time. I don't think I, no, I don't, no, I'd say, no, don't do it alone. Um, do it with <laughs> a shaman also. or a facilitator. <laughs> it's yeah. like, do it with, yeah, yeah. Uh, also that this, okay, so that, so, so I, it's so, it's so, such a crazy story because I think, you know, this is, so now we're in August. Um, I did it in January and, um, and I still am getting effects, meaning this was such a, uh, this triggered such a huge change um, in me on so many levels. And this is probably in, ter- in, in terms of my like evolving as a spiritual be- being this year is just like, I just leaped like crazy. Um, what I thought is going to happen, which is we always have our thoughts and we're, we're like, oh, this is going to, that you're going to do it. And you're like, no, I'm enlightened. Everything's going to be great. My whole life is going to change from the, no, it was not like that. Yeah. Besides, especially for a person, I'm, I'm already, I've, I already believe God, believed or the higher power. I always knew there was, there's the other side. Like I, th- there wasn't a question. So for me, to experience it, it was like, wow, that was like uh, incredible, which I'll tell you about how it happened. But for someone who doesn't even know, that's that just that is is just insane. Um, and there's a part of me that thinks everyone should do it once. Um, but I, I do think someone should be uh, prepared for it, because if it's not done right, especially after what, what happens after, you know, it could be super difficult. And it was a little bit difficult for me after. Um there's so, no preparing for it too, though. There is, there's no, there's no preparing for good, it. That, that, yeah, that's yeah. a very good, there's no preparing. I think um, the, the only preparation I would say is what are you going to do after? Like what, what does your schedule look after? Because you're so, especially for two, three weeks, you're so vulnerable. What happens? Like you're basically, the, the experience you have is nothing like you've ever done in your life that you can, can compare it to. There's, your brain no is freaking out. So you smoke it. Um, you know, I felt, and it, it was very interesting because um, this this wonderful guy that was here and I did it here with my dog. I was like, I want my dog. That's so, so incredible too. He, you know, you, people, are, people are here. Sometimes he's hyper because he wants to be your best friend. He's excited. It's almost like he knew something profound is happening. He was so chill and he was literally just there for this moment for me, which was so beautiful. And I loved the fact that like, when I came out of it, I was like, he's right here. And it was just, he was just like, yes, like I'm here. Like he was just grounding the whole moment. Um, and it's very, very fast. It's, I don't know. It's like seven uh, to 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how long I was, 
out there because you there's no time or space where you go. Um, but basically, you know, she said, you know, if you just breathe in, and I'm one of one of these people. I'm like, if I'm doing it, I'm gonna do it all the way. You know what I mean? Like, there's just come on. That's how you do it. That's how you yeah, do it. That's like, a, that's also the Polish the Polish. Yeah, the Polish. Too. We yeah, have a yeah, saying, yeah. like we have a saying that rhymes in Polish. Like you, you gave a, you know, a penny. You're going to write the whole thing, you know. Like it's just like. <laughs> how, how, tell me that expression. Just say it in Polish really quick. That was what they got that I just said. Okay, <laughs> I will remember that. But I'll. Yeah, my my grandma always tells tells this this whole story. Anyway, so you know, I like really took it in, and you just immediately just you go, you like lose control of your body. What happened to me? I, you know, immediately, because it's something you've never felt before, I immediately thought like, oh, crap. I mm. did too much. I'm going to die. What did die. I do? Yeah. Like, it, no, I was like, okay, I'm dying. Like, this is, she gave me too much. Um, she gave me too much. Like, I'm dying. And then, <laughs> and then, like, I was sure that I'm dying. Because you, in that moment, and, and in that moment, what you're supposed to do is, you know, you have to let go because you don't die. want to. And you literally make the decision. I mean, I feel like some of it is made for you because of the, the, the plan is working for you. But like you go where you're supposed to go if you, you're like, okay, then that's it. That's fine. I let go. This was a great experience. And I remember I did that. And, and, and the lady told me, she's like, it was actually very beautiful because I was going to help you, you know, let go. But you just did it on your own. You're like, yep. All right. And then when I came back, I, I almost, I was crying because I felt, I was like, Isabella, you just let go. You just let go of your life like that so fast. Like you would, like, I was almost mad at myself that like, you just like decided, okay, fine, I'm dying. Like I felt almost guilty, which is very interesting that I that felt guilty that, that I, that I let go so fast that I wasn't fighting harder to stay alive. Right. Um, and where I went, it was there's, you don't. I, that was my experience. I didn't see anything. It was literally darkness. It's. It felt like I took my coat. I I left my coat, which was I guess my body, the, the, who I am, and stepped into like this this space darkness, where and the only way I can explain it is, I became everything and nothing, at the same time. There was no me. There was no. It wasn't me witnessing, ooh, I'm here, look at this, it's dark, I don't see. It wasn't, I ceased to exist, period. And it felt familiar, it felt, it wasn't like this like, wow, blissful moment. It was just like, oh, home. But I also can't really say that because it's now I'm speaking my brain and my brain wasn't there. So it's just like, I'm probably just talking about that moment where I was still aware of myself and then there was big nothing. And then you get sucked back in because I guess the medicine leaves your body and you start realizing this was really interesting where you understand everything is vibration and energy because you see everything is vibrating. And those, the vibrations, the vibrations, you start seeing like, oh, and then there is, this is me right now. And oh, the, the body is just, the vibrations just, because for like that, you know, couple of seconds, you see everything is vibration and you understand, oh, I'm just a really dense vibration. And you, and I understood, like, I'm here to do a job. Like, I'm here, I, I'm here to do something. So I will, and it's extremely beautiful. And I, I, I think I, um, I'm pretty sure I cried. It was like that, like, you, it's so beautiful to experience to, to become God. I mean, this is what I think 
ultimately what it is. It's just you become, you merge with God for, for you know, however, however long. But where you go, there's no space, there's no time. So it's just that sort of nothingness. And um, now what it does to your brain, right? When you come back, your brain is like, hold up. Okay, where were we? Okay, where were we? And it wants to so desperately grasp what just happened. Because your brain... Then your ego goes, okay, we go, we sleep. Okay, I know that feeling. Okay, done. And you wake up. Oh, you like maybe have, I don't know, someone gets drunk and get passes up. Your brain knows what's happening. This is like, it has no idea. It's like, wait, let's go back. Remember when you did the, and then where were you? Like it, it freaks out and it's, it tries to sort of re- repair this thing. Like almost like it's like a software. It goes like, wait, 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 let's, let's go back. Um, so it's fascinating. It's fascinating how you watch your brain just kind of freak out a little bit um, for a while. I, I was extremely organized for like a week and a half. Everything had to be very organized in my house. It just, it was beautiful. It was just, it felt so good. Um, did I, I, I mean, I was very, con- all of that stuff. Um, I remember two, three weeks later, I experienced like a pretty bad disappointment and like with my work. And it really like got me so down, made me question so much. Mm, I got really, really down, probably more down than ever before. But in a way, it's almost like it just, it was like a start of like a real awakening because I was faced with that darkness. And that's sort of like, because sometimes you have to face that. You have to see it. And you have to see yourself and your ego and all of that stuff and trauma and reacting like this in order to move past it. So, um, and I, like I said, I feel like I'm still um, processing this. Like this was like a, like a chain reaction of different events. And what I was like, did it fix my life immediately? No. Now, I didn't have an addiction or anything like that to fix, you know? So, because some people have like, and they can say like, wow, this completely got rid of this, this. I didn't, um, but it just, it does on like another level that we can't even understand. It shifts things and your brain gets, it's a restart. And if you know, um, if you really take your time and readjust back to the normal way of seeing everything, um, it can be extremely beneficial because it's, you're getting basically like a, like a reset on a lot, in a lot of ways. Can you, place back all the, the bad things that you were doing before? Absolutely. I mean, we have a free will. But if you take this opportunity and you really, really integrate properly and sort of, um, you know, Lego, like just put it in a different way, it's amazing. And it's just now I'm like, I'm because all of this stuff, like it, it just, I, I'm, I'm experiencing ex- like uh, crazy uh, awakening this year on so many levels that um and it's funny because it's all internal right like outside have i uh achieved what i my plan is for this year absolutely not like if anything i feel like i'm like am i going backwards like in my life like you know uh, maybe but here it's like like so i know that uh this is always first your life will catch up because the circumstances and sometimes you don't actually the best thing for you is to stay in one place you don't realize it but sometimes it's it's the best thing you can do that could happen to you so um i highly recommend it (laughs) Uh, but only i would say 
you know, it's like someone's like, would you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to do it again. But is it like a let's do this every absolutely not. Not for me. This is so intense. Not for anybody. It's it's a lot. And but what's fascinating is that your body physically, it's nothing. It's not like you have a hangover. It's not like I've never done ayahuasca. I, don't, I'm, I, I heard about the vomiting. Everything. I'm sure it's like a this is you're like physically you're like, oh, my God, like nothing like it's like nothing ever happened. But everything that's happening there is unbelievable, and and the the results are lasting, and it's it just you see the progress. That's also with me. I've never had like a moment when I was like, I now know the reality of the world. No, it's always been slow for me. It's always been. I've been like this since I was a kid. I was questioning everything in church. What? What? Why is Jesus? Why on the cross? Like what? Did I ask them to die for me? Like I would ask these questions and they would kick me out of church, you know? But I, I just, I was questioning everything from day one. Like the road was slow, slow. And, but I've always gone up in, in terms of my spiritual, uh, you know, uh, I guess enlightenment, which I don't think you reach until, I don't know, do we ever in this, in this body? I think you have to leave this body. Um, but it's close to it. But not, yes, but not yes, ever. Yes. We never have all the answers. And anybody who says they do is fucking lying to you. Well, here's they, the thing. We can't. This is why. This is my theory, too. Our brains are not really capable of, of this is why when you have these journeys, you get a little little glimpses of this, yep. this, this unseen world, which is awesome. And you should because then you're like, oh, this is like, oh, this is all worth it. Right. Um, but our brain is not capable of understanding. What do you mean? There's no uh, linear time. Right. Just there's presence. I can't understand it. I've been trying for years. I'm like, what do you mean? There's no past, no future. There's, no, no, it's all of it is. I can't understand that. But there is a reason we're, you know, we were uh, pretty much. So we in this body, we we go by these rules. But if you're able to go up and leave that for a second and, and then and and understand there's this universal wisdom, this unseen, unseen forces that can help you. It, the journey is just so much better. And I think we need it more now than ever because of everything that's happening and we, we feel like we're losing control. Yeah, I, I, I always, uh, <laughs> maybe controversial, but I always say if I rule the world, people will be required to do psychedelics like <laughs> at least once a year and we'd eliminate all, all hatred, division, you know, racism, bigotry, everything that exists, uh, unity would, would take place uh, far, I mean, at a far more exponential rate. There'd still be outliers, for sure. Um, I yeah. have a question. Did, did you listen to the episode two of the Nate Night Talks podcast, the one where no, I interviewed? No, no. Oh. I think I, I just listened to the, no, the third be- one. Because uh, <laughs> what you said, uh, your description of your 5-MeO-DMT. Do you know what that, what that, well, it is identical to my description of something, but I'm curious, yeah. and it, I think it's, it's also, it, it's echoed by anybody who's, who's experienced this before. But do you know what that would be, what that would be called, what you experienced when you talked about being vaporized, essentially you were nothing and yet everything. Do you know what, what that is termed? No. That, that, that is, that is, uh, in, in my definition anyway, the best way I've ever described it and and i think every other psychonaut uh, who's ever heard me do this description including the author of this book on consciousness was like yep yeah, that's what it is um that that's ego death it's it's a oh, full yes. Yes, full yes, I do yeah. that. yes yes full ego death where there is 
this complete disintegration of everything that makes you you. Meaning Izzy is not just a woman, mm-hmm. a human, but she is a Polish woman with this story of her upbringing with her parents who moved to New York, who did this, who was in this movie. There is a whole story and we all have our story. We all have our narrative. We all, and that's a part of our ego. And some part of our story, we tell ourselves other parts of our story. Other people tell us are what we are. This is your story. This is who you are. And we take that on as our identity, as our ego. And it's not just, an individual story, but it's also the human story of the human experience, whether man, woman, binary, whatever. It is your experience on this planet. And all of that makes up your identity. But when you have an ego death, which is almost assured to happen on DMT or 5-MeO-DMT, mm-hmm. um, but would take a higher dose of like, you know, LSD, psilocybin, peyote, ayahuasca, whatever, like a higher dose will get you an ego death. But it's essentially the, the vaporizing of everything that ties you to this existence, everything that makes you you, that you hold on where you're like, this is who I am, this is my story. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's not you. That yeah. is, that's your story in this existence, in this incarnation, in this, this human experience, but that's not you. And then suddenly when that vaporizes and like it's gone and you are out in infinite space, and you are connected to all things. You you realize you're like, there is no other. There is no they. Once again, I am all things. Yeah. I, I am God in this regard. And this isn't like, you know, yeah. said in, a, in a, any type of a blasphemous way. But like, we are God. And that says it in most, most you know, religions anyway, is that like, we are made in the image of God anyway. We, we are God. We are an right. extension of God. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we are an experiencing of God. And when we truly dissolve this ego... And we dissolve this human experience and it is just our consciousness, our soul, spirit, whatever you want to call it, that then is freed from the body, which is what happens after death, which is what DMT is. And endogenous, you know, if you ever read the book, DMT, the spirit molecule by Dr. Strassman, who did the mm-hmm. first clinical studies of DMT in the nineties, um, this is what he says like that, you know, it's uh, upon birth and death or near death your body and your pineal gland endogenously releases DMT. And he believes it's a spirit molecule that ushers your soul in and out of the body. And Mm -hmm. so on these experiences with DMT and 5-MeO, it's basically your soul is allowed to leave the body. And it goes out into that infinite source, that infinite love, that infinite knowledge. And you realize that there is no separation, that you are all things. You, you are experiencing all things. You're capable of all things. And it's merely in this experience, in this story that you've told yourself, is what makes up your identity. But that's not you. You, in fact, are a God. You are these infinite possibilities. You are all of this. And that's a scary thing at times when you realize it because your ego is ripped away. It's like, wait a minute. No, I got to hold together this story. And it's like, too bad. It's so <laughs> another way I, I, I describe it is it's it felt like, um, you know, we have this puzzle, right? Oh, who I am. Like you, 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 you're, it's so important, this puzzle. So you, you put the puzzle pieces together. Oh, how I look and what others think my job and, mm-hmm. you know, my interests and oh, achievements. And you just, you, it's so precious to us, this, this thing. And you tick, like, and then someone takes this, this is five in one second. You're like, what, what do you mean? Like, I just, I spent 40 years putting this, 
like it literally this is what it feels like it's like yeah. so, just just tosses it and this is when your brain just freaks out because it like it holds its this so like it's so important and you literally just it this just destroys it in the the, the weirdest way and uh it's true now like i said you can mess it up and then get we're all gonna get our ego like it's not like you're like becoming in that one moment you're completely free of it no you feel what it's like then later you can because of what happens in your brain and everything there was a chance to rebuild it slowly but of course this is our nature we're gonna go back to certain ways but if you get to observe it and you get to observe like, oh, look, I'm reacting like this. Oh, oh, I'm jealous now. Interesting. Why am I jealous? I'm ex- now I even, st- I, I try to even, in, instead of saying I'm jealous or I'm tired, or I'm angry, I say, I am feeling anger. I am feeling jealousy to separate myself, you know, like that. And to observe it because by observing it, you dissolve it, you know, and, and this, the, the psychedelics give you an opportunity it gives you that space a little bit, you know, uh, besides the actual everything else that's happening that I don't even know because I know it, it, it's happening on all these levels that I can't even you can't, see. And you can't take it back. That's that's the hard thing yeah. is that like yes. there are no words. And this is also, I think, echoed in, in all religions, especially when they de- try to describe God or heaven or, or whatever. Um, is that they say there are no words in the human language. And when you yes. go to these places, there are no fucking words. You can't no. take like you when you're there, you understand it. Like you understand it like at a consciousness level, but you know there's no way in that seven to ten minutes that you're out of body, you're ever gonna take that back. You're gonna hope to take back a little piece of it. Like, what is the yeah. biggest overarching point I can take away from this? Uh, okay, I'm gonna take that. But like, but even but even then, where you go, there was no there was no you to be like, oh my god, I gotta remember this. Like, it, there was no you because you experience actually yourself the purest form at the purest whatever that is. It's just when you come back. This is when when you get back to yourself that your ego, whatever yourself is like, Oh my God, remember that? Like, this is, yeah. although you, yeah. it's, 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 it's phenomenal when you start watching your mind and having fun with it, you know? And you, and you, you made a, a really good point too, which is uh, to point out that the key takeaway from the psychedelic experience is that once you see, you can't unsee. And yeah. while you may come back to this physical body, and you're going to be predisposed to not just the the biological predispositions that we have as men and women in human evolution. Like we, we each have different, you know, estrogen, testosterone. We have different things that are wired in us to make us act, think, and prioritize things different way. That's, that's the biology. That's the evolution. And so we're a consciousness inside a physical form that has been evolving for, you know, mil- millions of years. And we are, we are battling that. And so we, we're going to come back into this form and we're going to have new knowledge. We're going to have a thing that we can't unsee because now we know it's real. We now have seen beyond the veil and we know that, but yet we're coming back into this physical form. We're going to be battling these, these biological desires, these impulses, these whatever. And we're also going to be battling the energy and the mass consciousness of our environment around us. And so the thing of being living in this fucking town, which is why I need to do a psychedelic journey, usually every six months or a year at the most, just to reset because the the negative energy within this town, the stuff that is here, I feel it, and like, and I, and it also feeds your ego. Like it feeds, like it, it, if you're in this industry, yeah. like you be, you can become very quickly 
something that you you don't want to be. And and so you can take back these these revelations, these epiphanies, because yeah, once you see them, you can't unsee them. You're always gonna remember it. You're always gonna know yeah. there's something so much more, but you are still susceptible to your environment, unless you're like an ascended master, a Jesus, a Buddha, right. you know, somebody who like, you know, I would believe would be, you know, a, a higher dimensional being that came here who could yeah. master the, this, this flesh and knew, you know, uh, had the abilities to do these things that we think are impossible. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna be susceptible to it. It's energy is it's bombarding you. So unless you live in nature or you live in a small town somewhere where like you're not inundated with this, if you're in a big fucking city, a New York, an LA, I mean, a, a pick one, like whatever it is around the world, there is an energy to that place and you are in it and it will affect you. And, and you can try, you know, and if you meditate, if you, you know, are, are very, uh, you know, conscious and, and, and self-aware, uh, you can you can combat that and and yeah. diminish its effects, but it's still going to affect you. And Absolutely. so every for me personally, like every six months, once a year, I have to go on a journey. And then it's that reset. It's that balance. It's that like gut check my ego for one, like, fuck you, Nate, Nate, the ego, <laughs> like, let's put you back in check. What are you doing to yourself? That's harmful. What are you doing to people that you love? That's harmful. What are you doing to people that you don't know? That's harmful. What are you doing to the planet? That's harmful. Like get in harmony again with everything around you because you are not different from any of it. And like, you're all connected. You're all in this together. And if you think it's you, you're fucking lying to yourself. It's all yeah. of you. It's, 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 it's everything. And mm -hmm. it's just a, it's a, a profound thing. Cause like, I, just when you were saying that, you know, like you're gonna, you know, it's not that you're going to come out of this and, and then immediately like, you know, yeah. you're, you're, yeah, you're going to feel it, but like, you're, you're going to still be susceptible to falling back into Absolutely. particular habits or things, but you will always have that remembrance, that awareness, because once yeah. you see you can't unsee. And that's the thing with psychedelics. Like once that happens, that shift and you see it, you will never be the same again for, for the better, for the better. Yes, and you will, you'll be more aware when these things happen to you anyway, like yes. when you fall back and, into and, habits. And also your brain. I mean, there's a lot of things that, again, we don't even know that are happening that I believe are phenomenal. They're amazing. And, and on a physical level and psychological level, obviously on a spiritual level, but it, it's, you know, I, I, I've noticed nothing, but it, it's like, again, it's not the journey that I thought it would be, you know, and, and you just have to let go of, of that notion. And I always tell people like, whatever you think it is, just let go of it. And whatever it is, just be like, that's it. That's exactly what I need it. That's it. That's it. Because life. Expectations are like, and I'm like the master of that expectations. My, my biggest thing, I'm like, I, if I'm disappointed about something, it's the, the hardest thing for me to let go is of disappointment. Like if I'm, it could be like, oh, I'm excited to go on like a trip or something and the trip doesn't happen. Oh my God. Like it, like it's really hard for me for some reason. It's always, so I just try not to have expectations to get rid of that. You know. we're, we're, we're very similar. I, I've, I have a highly addictive personality as well. Uh, it has been one of the, the banes of my existence, which psychedelics have been one of the biggest helps of, um, and getting to the, you know, the root core initially of, of past traumas, uh, for one of forgiving myself, forgiving other people, parents, you know, whatever. And, uh, and moving past it, but then still just acknowledging the fact that like, I have an affinity 
towards self-medication or like towards doing something and like because everything I do I go all in there's no fucking like there's no 30 miles an hour it is fucking (laughs) zero or light speed there's nothing in between and and I I know that about myself so if I find something that I latch on to especially if it's like a drug of sorts then I'm like oh yeah this is great and like you talk about cocaine like I don't want to try it because I know that like and that's great that's huge huge willpower Mm-hmm. I didn't have that early on. <laughs> and, 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 and so I've, I've, you know, suffered because of it, but also that, you know, uh, has made me who I am. I would never take any of it back. Right. And it has been solely, I would say, psychedelics that have been responsible for getting me out of that multiple times. I've never been addicted to psychedelics. Once again, yeah, no, no fucking way. I do them and I'm like, I'm good. I'm yeah. good for a while. Like, thank you for that. Thank you for everything yeah. that you just showed me, uh, how big of a piece of shit I've become or like how lazy I've become or how irresponsible or whatever it is. Thank you for that. And now course correct. Let's go back and, and, and great. And that is, that's, you know, why I think big pharma, uh, you know, they want, they want to give you, you know, they're the ones that pump out opiates, uh, and they give fucking, you know, methamphetamine to kids, uh, and, and, and terribly damaging things that are ultimately all band-aids where, where psychedelics are surgery. They go in, they fix the problem, and you don't need a band-aid anymore. You don't need anything anymore because the core of it, the core of your unhappiness, the core of your depression, the core of your shame, the core of your regret, all of that gets yes. dealt with. And suddenly life, like you realize, well, most people actually aren't biochemically depressed They've just made, like, they're in a shitty job, a shitty relationship. They've done terrible things they haven't forgiven themselves of. They haven't forgiven other people who've done terrible things in them. Like, we can fix most of the things. That, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's, that's I think, the, the, the beauty, ultimately, of it. Have you done any, so you've done psilocybin and, and, and then jump right to 5-MEO. That's it. Those are the yeah. two, the only yeah. two. <laughs> Which is why I think I can relate to you. It's it's the the zero to fucking light speed. It's yeah. like ah, oh, forget everything in between. Uh, so psilocybin, great. Uh, what's the what's the the most intense? <laughs> yes, uh, that's exactly. It's like, can I? Yeah, I want that. <laughs> DMT. Is there something crazier than so DMT is the most crazy, right? Is there something more crazy? There's five meo. I'll do that. Let's let's do that. Yeah, yeah. It's like again, one is good. You know, ten must be amazing. So. <laughs> yeah oh and and it is and uh and the funny thing is your story uh the the author of that consciousness book i was just interviewing um it was his five meo experience that ultimately uh changed him and he set up a camera uh because he thought he was going to come out and have all these you know things that he was going to yeah. talk about and when he came back into his body and for those of you who don't know, like it's it's seven to ten minutes out of body but time means nothing as as he was yes. saying when you're there like the time doesn't mean anything period it only means something to us in this physical form but it doesn't exist um seven to ten minutes that you're out of body and then you have another 10 minutes to 15 minutes yeah. where you're okay. still in a massive psychedelic experience but you're at least back in your body you're yeah, like, you, you're, you know you're aware of it. It's you experiencing what you're seeing, what you're hearing, all that craziness. But you are in your body. You observe it. Yeah, you're you're back safe, even though you're. Which is funny because if that that type of a psychedelic experience of that last 15 minutes, if it was yeah. on any other psychedelic, would be 
unbelievably yes. intense. You'd be yes. like, ah! But like yeah. after when you come back from where you come back from, you're like, oh, I'm back. This is great. Even though the world's like, Whoa, like around you. And you're like, well, at least I'm here. I'm back in my body again. Uh, I forgot. Oh, oh, so I'm it, not dead. Okay. I thought yes. I was dead, but I'm not. Yes. 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 His experience was just like yours, though. He came back. Like, he did it and then came back and just cried for 20 minutes on the camera he set up. He didn't say a word. He just bawled his eyes out. And like his whole life uh, was flashed before him in Facebook posts because this was like you know eight years ago, wow. and uh, and everything like it just showed him his life and like first off like your engagement in social media why the fuck do you care about what any people think of you why are you like this is meaningless this is ego this is nothing and like and this and here's your life you want to see your whole life you want to see your death here's your death here's your death on Facebook here's like your death in this life like you're. All of this, and he just saw, it, and it was just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, just hit him, like, and <laughs> was like, he came out and just like, <laughs> like, and it changed him. He quit acting after that. Like, he, I met him in acting school. Like, we, uh, and he wrote and uh, and directed and starred in like this this you know really actually good short film that uh, won a lot of awards. Uh, and he went very Christian Bale, like lost forty five pounds and gained it back and like sheer muscle for it, like to do this whole this whole thing but that was it after that he was like this is all ego for me none of this is what i want to be doing and then he pursued consciousness and for the past like you know five six years he's been writing the book on it but it all started from that that dmt journey and uh yeah and there's so many of these stories you know and i I may have told you one about the the navy seal uh friend of mine actually monica my girlfriend so her other polish friend uh, uh-huh. was was dating this Navy SEAL and we had like, you know, a little dinner together once and I met him and I was like, let's talk about some shit, bro. Like, I'm, I'm curious, you know, and you know me and UFOs and all this other stuff and just like government stuff. And I'm like, we're talking about things and naturally it came into psychedelics. And I was like, well, yeah, man. I mean, you're, you know, you served, uh, you know, many tours and, you know, in the most elite unit, you know, within, uh, within, you know, the American Armed Forces, like, uh, you know, if you, uh, PTSD is a real thing and, you know, psychedelics, this, that, and that. And I basically told him about a boga or like ibogaine uh-huh. and, um, and being a Navy SEAL, most people, you'd be like, this is how it's going to change your life. Even the conversation we're having about like, you know, 5-MeO and psilocybin, you can tell yeah. people this. Most people aren't, they'd be like, oh, that sounds amazing, but they're not going to go yeah. do it. They're too afraid. Yeah. They're too okay. afraid to do it. But he was a Navy SEAL. And so, uh-huh. like, even though he was kind of skeptical about it, there was still, like, yeah. the similar to the Polish mentality. Yes. Well, fuck it. Like, uh, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll just go do it. Like, I'll, and, and so he went, like, two weeks later. He went down to Mexico, got in contact with – I mentioned something about there being, like, uh, uh, this military sponsorship through veterans who will pay your way for people who did wow. two tours or more to go do Ibogaine. And uh, found – I didn't give him the details. He found it on his own. Got it fully paid for, went down to Mexico, did, uh, you know, Ibogaine and then three, five MEO DMT sessions. He came back. I saw him a month later, had no idea. We met for like a little barbecue here at our place and came back. He had a big beard beforehand, typical Navy SEAL type thing. Uh-huh. Came back, no beard, proposed to his girlfriend, my, 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 my girlfriend's friend, proposed to right, right when he came back, proposed to her, quit his job went back to school, forgave his dad, forgave his mom, forgave himself, realized he was really a sociopath and any Navy SEAL that like, you know, exists really like, he's like, if I, I think he said something like, I know if I ever raise a kid who becomes a Navy SEAL, I, fa- I failed as a parent. I, and, and, I, and he had like all like, but came back 
And in an instant after that transformational journey, he forgave everybody in his life, including himself, which as you know, it always starts with you. Like everything starts within, uh, forgave himself, forgave his family, mended relationships, like, you know, this father and mother who hadn't spoke to in however many years, uh, proposed to his girlfriend, they're married now and, uh, quit his job and immediately, and then went back to, you know, with the, the VA went, you know, or the, not the VA, but the, um, whatever the, uh, the GI bill, uh, went, went to USC and like, and started going to school instantly. Like that is, there's no pharmaceutical that can do that. There's no, there's no anything that can give you that type of an epiphany and revelation and healing and forgiveness about yourself. And, uh, and he's a straight laced dude. Same like you, like I didn't, you didn't do, you know, did yeah. no, no drugs, no anything yeah. like, uh, and, and, and doesn't want to do it again. After that, he was like, yeah. that was, yeah. that, that was good. And, uh, and, and that's the type of like, you know, takeaway. And yeah, if, if anybody takes away anything from Izzy's story, uh, stories about the things that she's done, you know, you, you have to separate no matter what your bias is, you, you have to realize that these things are not drugs uh, yeah. they're not. And, and people, the people who do them aren't drug addicts. They're the exact opposite. <laughs> like the people who usually don't do them or they're the people who've yeah. done them and are trying to do them because it's the only hope towards yeah. quitting something that is killing them. And, yes. uh, and that they, there's just, we need to have the proper respect and reverence for these things that they deserve yeah. and, and return to, you know, what we used to be, you know, culturally, because many other places around the world, these things are still sacred they're still used, uh, you know, by sh- uh, shamans and in, in culture that, you know, it, it's a rite of passage. It's healing. It's it's communing with God or past relatives. It is understanding yeah. your purpose, your place. Like, it is the ultimate connector and understanding that gives you just enough perspective to appreciate this experience that you're living in. Yeah. And to let you really enjoy it and stop complaining and stop like, you know, thinking there's something wrong with you or whatever it is and just be like, you know, like. Right. And understand how the world works and how how the reality, like the shaping of reality and how you you work and where you get in the way of yourself, because ultimately that's what it is. It's, It's just, you know, I always say, like, if someone can't understand you know, think of it as a video game. You're, you like, what if life is a video game? And, you know, let's say with psychedelics, you get to actually go and like, oh, you're the player almost like, oh, look at this. It's, it's almost that, you know? Yeah. And, and, but, but the, the truth is that you are actually the one deciding how, how you perceive it and how it shapes because it's your decision, yeah. um, which is, you know, changing, changing the vibration and, it still requires work. And, and that's one thing that like, I, I do, you know, know a community, especially in LA, people do a lot of psychedelics. They just, every, like, it's that, not that they're addictive, but they were just very, they, they, you know, it's like that sort of like searching. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'm like, no, I actually think it's, you do it when you're called to do it mm-hmm. and you have to do the work every single day. Cause Every single day, you're not going to have something. Plus, it's not a kind of thing that you're like, oh, I'm going to pop this and try to make a decision. No, you need to establish the conversation w- with yourself um, and and how you communicate with the with the world and how you receive the information. And that all that only can happen with 
consciousness, being conscious and aware of your thoughts and yourself and actually sitting your butt down. Because people say like, oh, I meditate when I'm, you know, playing golf. I'm like, not the same. Okay. Not the same. Very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing things sometimes like that will relax you, but actual true meditation, it's really tuning out everything and or the ability to, you try to do it because a lot of times I sit, I'm like, oh my God, I'm thinking that again. Okay. So just like, like, just like clouds, just letting it pass. And I have like 10 seconds of like nothingness. It's amazing. Then again, and, and that's meditation because you'll keep yeah. doing it, but that's training your mind and your brain. And we're not taught that we're taught to just like, oh, oh, the phone. Okay. Another hit of dopamine that feels good. And then another notification hit of dopamine and you're so addicted to it. And if you don't stop the cycle, you're going to be so addicted to that dopamine instead of going like, no, I'm now really learning to tell myself no with small things like, like, no, we're going to put this down. You can actually go sit down. And what's happening now, which is also interesting and uh, talking about addiction of any sort, um, when you move up in frequency, a lot of these things just fall off, right? So I used to smoke cigarettes, which people are like, you're vegan? And people are like, you're vegan? You smoke? I'm like, yes. <laughs> My one vice, okay? Yes. I used to smoke. It was like a thing, not like socially. Like I'd just sit at home and contemplate life like it was awful or like my mom would call we just smoke together like well, it's it part awful. of the ballerina and modeling yeah right? that, yeah that, there's a Very deep there's Polish. a deep seed there yeah and you know i always say it's like part of my dna because in Poland, like everyone like when i was you know growing up i was like mom dad in the morning like you just try to find them through smoke like literally inside smoking crazy they they didn't know it was bad for us you know anyway so did I try quitting? Like I, I, I did try once and I, I was able to for like a couple of months and then went back again. And, and then I, one day it's doing all this work one day, this is like three years ago now. I, I basically was one of these things. I'm like looking at the cigarettes and like, cause I started to feel every time I was thinking about smoking and going to pick up um, a cigarette, my stomach would like, like hurt, like, like that nervous feeling. I'm like, why is this? Like, why am I getting nervous about smoking? It's like so weird. And because when you move higher in frequency, all of these things that don't serve you anymore, they slowly fall off. Either your body will let you know, and it doesn't require as much effort to let go of it. If that makes sense. You still have to make a decision if you want to fast forward. Right. But it was amazing where I, I was like, maybe this could be my last cigarette. And I, I'm like, yeah. And I did research on, on like what it actually, what smoking does and the pleasure center and like knowing what, what actually happens. I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to just let my brain just get the, like hit the dopamine. And, yep. and I understood yep. what happens. So that really helped me. There are other things, herbs that I took, but literally I quit and I didn't cheat once. It's been, you know, three years, something. And, and I, it's unbelievable when you do the work, a lot of these things will fall off naturally. And I see myself just letting go of like little habits that I know I shouldn't have just normally. I'm just like, I stop wanting to do it now because I'm moving up in, in consciousness because I'm so self-aware because I spend time sitting on my butt, just listening, staring at a wall, letting go of ego. I do this all day long. It's not one like I'm going to do yoga and then do a 10 minute meditation. It's good. Honestly, if you really want to make a difference, you got to put in the time and awareness 24 seven. That's a great point because 
everything, once again, as we talked about before, comes down to, to resonance and frequency. And the second you change yours, like, so that's why you can have friends who are your best friends for a period in life. You know, it's usually like when you're younger, you have your core group of friends, but then you hit college, you hit the time where like, there's no more of the geographical constraints that made you friends with people that you didn't really want to be friends with, but you had no choice because of school hierarchy, you know, social situations. And then you get away from that. And then you're like, well, that's not who I am. And I was being something I wasn't to fit in, to survive, to do whatever. And then your energy shifts. And then along come other people who are on that same frequency. And that continues to shift as you get older and evolve and know who you are, hopefully, as you continue to evolve, which is just like in relationships by people who get married young, uh, many of those marriages fail because you have no fucking clue who you are. And the only way it's going to survive is that when you change, which you will, when your vibration shifts, when your energy shifts and you become a different person, if that person doesn't shift with you, you're falling out of love. Like love is a choice. Like it's not like a feeling. That's infatuation. That is like lust. That is something different. But like real love is a choice. You're making the conscious decision to love somebody in, in, in spite of who they are. Like that you're picking things that like I love you and I love you even with all of this other stuff. And that right. if you're not in a relationship with somebody who loves you in that way and whose frequency as you're shifting is able to shift with yours, you're going to yeah. shift apart. Like it's energy. It can't, if they're opposite, if they're opposite forces, they're not going to stay together. Yeah. And like, and it's the same thing with everything in life. And that's how change is happening because as you evolve, as you change, so does your frequency. So does your resonance. Your energy is different and you're going to repel and attract different things at different phases of life. And it's yeah. only the, the most true friends or your family, which you can't choose because they have no choice but to fucking love you anyway. Like, or, you know, the, the, the you find, you know, the, the soulmate, if you will, or somebody that is at least on the same frequency as you that understands you and loves you no matter who you are and embraces the change and knows that you're going to oscillate and fluctuate. And that like, and they're like, okay, I'm there with you anyway. Like I get it. It's your journey. This is mine and we're doing it together. And whatever that change is, we're going to morph our frequency into one, but most things don't, you know, uh, people don't look at it that way. They don't look at it from the actual energetic, you know, resonance that it actually is, which is all anything actually is. It's just a wave. That's all it is, is a wave of frequency. That's just going through the ether through, through the universe. Um, I do have a question given your track record with consciousness and, and you're very holistic from the uh you know the, the things we've talked about whether in the clubhouse rooms or whenever we've we've chatted offline um and the things i i guess more importantly the things i saw uh with the, a recent saturday night live episode that you hosted in poland and you were you were diving into some things that i i wasn't aware of but you you seemed like you were addressing um some things that might've been in the tabloids, uh, about yeah. things you said about saging vaginas and, uh, and, and, and urine and, and a lot of things that uh, seem very, very new agey or spiritual or whatever that, uh, you know, which by and large, a lot of people, it's hard for them to digest. Um, not me, however, and in, in the Nate night talks room, we welcome these type of things. Yes. Uh, and, and so, but I'm curious though, because, I think that was what ultimately, and we'll, we'll dive into this perhaps in a little bit back into the the whole remote viewing thing because uh, I know we both dove into the hemisync and 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 practice that stuff, which is a whole other story on its own. But I've I've known you've been 
um, very deep into spirituality and consciousness and, and really doing just a lot of self work and shadow work and things like that. And you live a very holistic and natural life, uh, as best you can, maybe even to some, what people might call extremes in certain regards, which seem to be what you were addressing. So I wanted to give you an opportunity because I didn't know as I wanted to know more about it, but I also want to know if there was anything that you wanted to explain perhaps to your fans or, or people who, who aren't aware of maybe comments that you made that were taken out of context or or whatever it may be. Oh, well in Poland, you know, a lot of times now, since I did the, the, I think, just in general, I think they, they've they've sort of understood that a lot of – I'm a comedian. I, a lot of things that I do are really just funny and they're meant to be a joke, but they do show – by the way, this is Keanu, my love. Oh, no, uh, dude. <laughs> little dude. Um, but I, you know, I I love comedy, so I will I, – I, I've done a lot of these crazy little videos, and one of the, the videos – and this is kind of how it started because people knew that I'm really – green right like I have like I had an eco foundation called eco Miko and I have an eco candle line called eco Miko candles that supports the foundation so they knew like okay she's a little crazy with the green and the gardening and vegan and everything but then you know when I started to kind of like do these videos about spirituality and like maybe even just making fun of certain things and I did a video where I was at obviously it was a joke and I Everyone in America, it's really interesting. Everyone in America was like, yeah, it's clearly a joke, right? Yeah. In Poland, though, it was like front page and like someone like tap. I'm like, really? This is Isabella is giving a manual how to sage your vagina. She has gone crazy. Like I, because it was me basically going like, okay, guys, got to sage your vagina. Remember, you know. I saw start. that video. I saw that video on your Instagram. You you have a like a whole comedy channel that you do, yeah, right? Yeah, like so, you yeah, have your yes. you have your your uh, Isabella Miko page. But yes. Then you have another page that is just like sketches and like little <laughs> yeah. comedy things that you do. Yeah, it was from yeah. that, right? Yeah. So that was that. That was that. And 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 I was um. So I you know I kind of it was like most of it is improv and I just go into this thing because I just find something super funny and I record it and, you know, and they just kind of went with it. And then they're like, Isabel has gone crazy. And then, you know, if I would in an interview, cause they asked me like, what can you do when, you know, uh, for to, to be a sustainable person and, and live a, a green eco life. And some of the things I mentioned, for example, pee in the shower, you know, because why flush where it goes in down the down the drain and actually urine is actually really good for you and oh that was like another thing oh my god she pees like she's crazy she's like all of the and well hold on hold hold on hold on hold on (laughs) i mean i pee in the shower uh but i've never actually no i guess i have justified it by like hey i'm saving a couple gallons of water from flushing and this is going to the same place i don't know unless you really gross that i i think it feels incredible but whatever that's just me i never understood (laughs) people's objection to it i'm like i don't i mean i mean i guess maybe if it's like a a a shower that's in a bath versus a standalone shower maybe like where it's something that you might but even then but what you're saying is that pee is Good for you. That's a, yeah, that's a, you know, if you do enough research, there are books about how urine is actually beneficial. So, you know, I won't go as far as like drinking my own urine, although people do to, to heal certain things. And, and you can, you can, um, you can study that and do some research to see that they, people say it's beneficial. 
I have put pee on my face. I have because it's actually very exfoliating. And if you, you do live, look so very speak, youthful, I have to say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie and say, <laughs> oh, that's the only. It's me being like pee on my face. That's not weird. Um, putting just you know, on my face. That's the my no. I I this I'm isn't being, just pee. This is this isn't just you and guys. No, this is. There are other things, components to this, okay? Yeah. Like okay. being vegan, like also getting lit. Like I do go in and like get a laser treatment. I'm like, I never lie about this. I'm like, oh, like you got to make sure that your your skin produces collagen. Like, and you don't have to be extreme. You can just do things so um, to make to make your skin produce more collagen and and eat the right things and and stay out of sun. Like there are a lot of things you can do, but urine and i'm just i'm always if there's something that you can do yourself that you don't have to even uh you know resource anywhere else i am all for it so mm. you know when i found out about this whole urine thing i'm like let me check and of, the first day i was like this is disgusting but at the same time like why is it so disgusting like it's literally just goes through your body like when you think about it like what like you ate it like it's the same it just went in through your body why is it disgusting it's, I think the smell, like you're like, oh, the smell, but it, just in general, like it's not, it's like, if you really kind of go into, wow, like the, the universe has created us to heal ourselves with plants, with everything. It, it's all possible, right? So I actually had amazing benefits from the, the, the urine facials. Um, your skin it does exfoliate. It's amazing. So I'm sure if I do this and this gets out in Poland, there's going to be a whole other subject, but, um, all of this to say that in Poland, they didn't quite, they're, they're not as adventurous maybe as, as I am. So I get, um, LA is a different, LA is a different place. It, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's people are far more open to these concepts far and these notions. Open, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I got a lot of shit in Poland for, for all of that. And, you know, I, I didn't care, like, but every single interview when I was promoting a movie, something I had to like, well, did you really say your vagina? Like, I'm like, Guys, like that's it's a joke. Like, how can you do not know? I was just making fun of like the whole saging, and I thought it was like, well, if it's saging your energy, definitely all the holes in there you got to sage, right? Like, if there was traffic in there, like I was being that's funny. True. Um, but there's also truth to that right, in a way. Right. Like, you're, it's satire, but like energy is energy, and hey, maybe you had a bad, maybe you had a bad, uh, yeah, a bad no lay, and you're trying to cleanse that energy. You're like, get away. Absolutely. Get away. That's, that's, that's it. And, and, you know, this is kind of part of like what I do is like I, I talk about these concepts and, and you know, in a funny way just to like, you know, inspire people and maybe plant a seed. Um, so when I when I got an opportunity to do, to host SNL and, you know, you, you get to do a monologue in the beginning, um, we worked with the writers. I was like, look, let's just address all these things because let's just address how people perceive me as this crazy, like hippie, weird lady, you know, a lot of times. And, and because when you make fun of yourself, then the tablets has a, they have a really hard time making fun of you. If you're making fun of yourself, you know, you're just, we, so we call it, we call that the Eminem eight mile method where if you call out everything that anybody could say about you before they can, you take all yeah. of your ammunition. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it, it was kind of incredible how, um, and in that, and I really appreciated the fact that they let me talk about certain things that were, you know, like weird and about energy. I was talking about like, Hey, everything is energy and things that you 
most majority of people would never talk about. And also it's not part of like that mainstream sort of media situation. Like it, and I absolutely love, I hope one day I'll get to do the same thing in like American SNL when I host American SNL. I hope that's going to happen because I would love to repeat that monologue. Um, boom. Um, but it's, it was so much fun to do. And I so appreciated the freedom and them just going like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's like, let's talk about, so I talked about um, um, the, the peeing in the shower. I was like, I just want to find a guy who will pee with me in the shower. I talked about mushrooms. I talked about um, also uh, like talking to your guardian angel, which, which brings me to, um, you know, this is all of this, all the work that I do, it obviously benefits me, but when you, when you start to be on that path, you want to share this with everyone because you understand this part of it is like waking up everyone else. And, and how do I do that in this business, which is really tricky because as an actress, I, I, you know, get to, uh, work and do, uh, amazing projects. Sometimes not so amazing, but it's work. Right. And, and, (laughs) and I love, I love what I do. So I'm very, very appreciative, but I want to create content that I think people need to see. I want to create content that makes me smile and laugh and I think is important. So sort of naturally what happened, this is a couple of years ago, I was sort of called to like write the script and and I had an idea and it wasn't until this this guy that I was dating, I, I he said, you, know, you should just write your own show. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, just write. And, and, um, and he, he was a big writer. And I, I said, well, will you read a couple of pages if I, and just tell me if I'm really bad, just I'll forget about it. Like I'm not, you know, and if I'm good, because I was going to hire a writer to help me write, write that show. And he read, he's like, no, like you can do this yourself. Like literally you can, this is, this is amazing. So of course I, you know, took some time. The, the first draft of my, my pilot script didn't take that long probably like two weeks was unbelievable. I was just like, download. Of course, then the other drafts and everything, it's over the two, three years just became a lot of different other things. It's just the way it goes. Also, you learn, you, you discover, and a lot of this is, but I'm so excited because this is something that I, this, this has become now my big dream is, is getting the show off the ground. And I need to find the next step for me is finding a showrunner, a comedy, because it's a comedy show that's basically about, finding happiness that's not dependent on the outside circumstances. It's about happiness being an inner, inner job, you know, and, um, and understanding what's happening, but I do it in a really funny, crazy way. Um, and, and there's nothing like this on TV. Um, it's very much related to my story. So, because that, that's been another thing that Everyone's like, you got to write this. You got to make this into a movie or life story. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, I can't do a life story now. Like, I'm like in the middle of it. Like, yeah, the beginning was yeah. exciting. I'm like, you know, like that's just, but, but this gives you an opportunity to, to, to really um, explore different things and, and bring to the screen topics that are not really discussed and, and that could just change people and change their lives forever, which is just, just the idea of it just excites me so much. Um, and then I'm like, all the stuff that I've been, you know, all the suffering, all the challenges, like I get to help someone else so they don't have to go through all of this. They can actually, I can like just create a space for them and, 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 and roadmap. Um, also at the same time, having an amazing time because I just love 
comedy, doing comedy and, and, and writing comedy. So, and it, it's unbelievable how that sort of came about. Someone could have said that, wait, you started doing Ikamiko videos, funny little videos 10 years ago. Like I have, like I probably even like longer than that. So all of that was somewhere already in my mind. And it's, it's, it's amazing how it blossoms into something. So that's been my focus now is getting this, this show um, off the ground because I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited about the possibility of bringing something to people that's going to, you know, entertain them, make them laugh, but also just like, wow, like just show them the journey that's, uh, that's possible for them. Well, it's funny. Um, it's that everything you just said echoes back to the journey of life, right? Where the past 10 years you've been doing this type of satirical comedy anyway, and, yeah. uh, and not knowing ultimately what it was preparing you for. Yeah. And uh, it's just something you're doing. There's no real reward for it. There's no money for it. You're just put. You're taking time. You're taking your creativity. You're putting stuff out there. And eventually, though, that is molding you to do something. I can I say the name of the show? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So uh, the show is uh, the pilot is called Izzy Does It, which is a great play on words. <laughs> um, and, uh, and and funny enough, um, and this kind of goes back to. Uh, to when we, you know, really first met and, and started talking. Um, and it's funny because this is just how the universe works. This is just, I think, once again, just goes back to energy and vibration. And when, when you're on a frequency, you're always going to attract people on that same frequency. Like they're just going to come to you. Same with opportunities. Like it's, it's, it's a belief system. It's like, if you're, you know, if you're, you're, we are the authors of our reality every second of every day for better or worse. And, and the same goes with the people that we meet. And, and yes, you know, the brighter your light shines, you will attract darkness, but you're going to identify that darkness very quick, but you're also going to attract other light, other people who are on that same frequency and they're going to find you. And that was the biggest thing when starting the Nate Night Talk stuff on on Clubhouse, and and then it just blew up bigger than I thought it would. Hence, why the podcast is even here. But we met, we started talking, and I don't even remember how it came down. But we were we were both just talking about consciousness in, in general, and we both somehow ended up just talking about or revealing to each other that we were both working on TV shows that uh -huh. had to do with these concepts. And yeah. granted, they're in completely different spaces. Yeah. Um, you know, mine is consciousness as it pertains to the UFO phenomena and my past 12 years of research with that. And yours is consciousness as it pertains to the, the spirituality and reality and evolution and, and, and just life in general. Like a far more, I would say, a, applicable um, moral lessons and things like that, that that come from it. And so we both uh, swapped pilots. We're like, well, read yeah. mine. Yeah. Let me read yours. Let's give notes and, and see what they are. And... I read your pilot and uh, and also my my other write, my writing partner um, on the TV show uh, that that we've done read it as well. Who's a huge fan of yours, and I think he I think he expressed that uh, to you. He's he was a, a gigantic fan. I was like, oh, calm down. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I said, you know, just just read a script. And he's like, yeah, but you know, I've crushed on her for a long time. And I'm like, that's fine. Just read her fucking script. <laughs> I was like, this is separate that. Just read a script. Um, and, uh, and it was, um, especially because, you know, both of us in that regard, this was the branching out, uh, into, into a different form of creativity, into writing. Right. Um, and, and granted you have a lot of 
you know, when you're an actor, you have a familiarity with writing because you have to understand writing in order to be able to act well. You have to understand story, you have to understand arcs, you have to understand yeah. scenes, where they start, where they finish. And so you have an understanding for that, but then it's totally different when you're putting it together yourself. It's one thing to take somebody else's work and then act it, bring it to life. It's another thing to create that from scratch. And that is yeah. fucking hard. And, yeah. uh, and it takes years. And we're both years in on our TV shows. And, um, but I read yours and, uh, and it was... It is something that I could easily see being made, which I which I told you. Um, I, I think it is a a really funny. It is you know it's over the top, like you know it's kind of satirical in in its nature. But the concepts that you're talking about are very grounded in the stuff that we've talked about tonight. And you touch on all of these things. And I read your pitch deck too. And so you know, like you you dive into psychedelics later. You dive into all of these concepts and these ideas. Yeah. And, uh, and it is you, it, it is you, like you are the lead. And I read that and I was like, oh, this is 100% her. <laughs> and I mean, like, obviously like, you know, a exaggerated, yes. you know, yes. satirical version of it, um, you know, for, for story sake, character sake and, you know, comedy right. sake. But, um, but it is like, it's a very entertaining show and something that, uh, easily I could see doing incredibly well on, on, you know, uh, I think an HBO, or, uh, you know, a network that is, you know, it's not going to be like a network TV because it definitely no. has its, its risque elements, yes. um, which it should. But like, you know, it's uh, I was trying to th- I gave you what did I give you? I, I gave you one after I read it. I gave you like my my comparables of like it's this meets it seems like it's this meets this meets this. Now I'm blanking on on what. God damn it. Sucks. I totally, I totally forgot that. It's in an email uh, that I sent you, but like, uh, but it, it, it's something that uh, if you're if you're a, a fan of of Isabella, you should definitely um, voice your interest for that because all of these things matter when it comes to trying to pitch a TV show um, and and get something made. It's it's yeah. you know far more difficult than people realize, um, and and it doesn't doesn't necessarily ever come down to talent to art to any of that it just comes down to business and and connections to who you know or you know it's all a business at the end of the day and yeah. so there's a lot of incredibly talented people which i guarantee you know as well whether they're musicians whether they're dancers who never got a break who are like far more talented than people who did yeah and like and that's it's insane it's insane it, it's insane and so this is one of those those type of TV shows that um, if you're a person at all, first off, that enjoys comedy, um, but also, you know, is aware of these type of subjects uh, and the comedy within because you're making light of, of things as well, like which is the funny part is yeah. these are these are real things or serious things. But you present yeah, the them show a- basically also makes fun of itself, which is. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, opens up, opens you up to so much more than like if you're just very strict about like those are the the beliefs this is the world this is no because i wanted to be relatable and and for everyone yeah and then you know? and people who take themselves too seriously like life yeah. isn't serious like you know in, in that regard like we have to if we can't make fun of ourselves yeah. if we can't make fun of like these things that you know then there's something wrong like we we have to have levity we have to have you know, even things that are real, like, you know, it's, it's a part of life. It's funny. Like, you know, the, the way things are, human experience is funny in general. And I think you, you did a great job of pointing that out. And, uh, and Trevor, uh, uh my writing partner, I thought the same. 
and um, and hopefully you know this this can get uh, get picked up and, and get made because it's yeah. uh, it, it seems like you would obviously thrive because it's you uh, in, in many regards uh, and is I think probably the culmination of all those comedic you know videos and sketches that you've done um, you know in, in a TV show format but it's very deep and there's a lot of layers to it uh, especially with all the guides and I don't want to give away much you know of, of the show but um, there's a lot to it and, yeah, uh, and, yeah. and a lot of layers. And so, yeah, yeah and I'm, ex- I'm excited. And it's, and, and it's, you know, everything that's happening now in the world, it's, it's also giving me, it's a challenge. I'm like, okay, how do I put that in the show? Cause it's so important. Cause as the world is just changing and shifting at a crazy pace right now. Um, and, and that's very important for my show too. Like, I'm like, okay, this is, this, this is actually great. This is actually great. Cause people are like, will want to see this, you know, people want to see something that's going to, uh, externalize what they're feeling inside, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and, and, and that's, and that's what this show does in a really fun, funny way. And, and like what we were discussing before, like you want to have that space between you and what's happening and that the deeper you, the higher self. And if you have that, oh my God, life is so much more easier and it's so much more enjoyable. And I feel like that show creates that space for you, lets you, lets you, um, lets you do that and explore that, um, which, you know, and I always think about like you, you, you said HBO, which I love, like I love any of those, the, the, the streaming networks or, um, cable networks that release episodes not you know a whole season mm. but per week because this is one of those shows that you, i would want people to just like oh let me like think about it you know let me think about what instead of consuming like we do with a lot of shows we just consume things over the weekend and like that's it um so that that would be my you know ultimate dream and yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm excited i want to bring in a, a great team and that's 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 the tricky part is, is finding an amazing showrunner, comedy showrunner and, and, or production company. Um, so I can go and pitch it. Um, because who you surround yourself with, you know, um, is key because mm-hmm. they need to understand your, 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 your message and what you're trying to do. And well, you, cause I, I read, I read your script. It's like, it's, it's incredible what you, what you guys are trying to do. And, and like, you know how important it is that, that, you have to have the right people because yeah. with the wrong people, you everything you've what you stand for can just get tossed out, and that's not what you. What you I know, I know that's not what you want because this yeah. is the, the vision is clear. Like we we know yeah. what like we're we're trying to communicate, and if you let somebody else, a showrunner or a studio, come in and yeah. fuck with that, uh, it can take away the essence of everything yeah. that you're trying to communicate very yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah. And with shows like that, it, that's, that's, that's key. And, um, so, you know, but again, what we talked about is that the, you will attract, you will, or maybe even we should say perceive, cause that's another thing. Like now I'm, I'm also understanding a lot of it is like you perceive, you see it out of nowhere. You will see these people that will, that will, um, they will be in your life because of the vibration that you're you're at and um so that's what i try to do is is stay in that high frequency as i'm doing the the everyday things um and things that you know one would do to get 
a show off the ground, but my number one priority is staying in that vibration. So I'm, I, I get to attract these people into my life. You know, yes, I uh, completely agree. And that just made me think of something that a lot of times in life, we get really upset when people leave our lives, whether a significant other, whether a best friend, somebody that we thought was like, you know, a great friend, whatever it is, that they're they're gone. We thought they were like a real friend or whatever uh, in life, and then they were, a, you know, significant other or whatever, and they disappear. But there's a, if you take a step back and look at it with the whole changing of vibrations through your, you know, your journey and what, which everybody is on, everybody's on their own unique journey. Yeah. And obviously we're all accelerating and progressing at different, <laughs> different, you know, speeds yeah. based on how quickly that evolution, that spiritual evolution is taking place. But all of those people that we encounter in life, and it's just like such an important perspective to have, they're all there to serve our journey. And even no matter how they leave, no matter what it is, we're always to be grateful for them because yeah. they were there to teach us something. They were there when we were on that frequency at that time. And whether it was, you know, to support us, push us, you know, hurt us to teach us a lesson, whatever it is, they were a, a pivotal part of our journey. And, and most of them aren't permanent. Like we have so many chapters in our life, so many different chapters. They open and they close, they open and they close. And with it, people come and people go. And, and, and it's sometimes people hold on to that and they hold on to the hurt or the, the betrayal or whatever they may, it may feel like versus the same exact idea with psychedelics, which is the letting go and being present. Like that if, if you hold on to anything too tight, it slips between your fingertips. And you talk about that with the acting, like, I want it so bad, but I can't want it. If I yeah, want it yeah. too much, then, it, then it, it flees from me. And that yeah. is like the lesson with, with people, with relationships, with life, is that like when they come into your life, you've attracted them. It's you that did it. I mean, you and them, ultimately, it's a frequency. Like, And yeah. when that frequency changes, you let them go as quickly as like it came obviously in love like and you keep the door open it's not like in a resentful way but like if if right, their right. if their path is diverged from yours and that's what that's what their their path is or your path is and that's yeah. okay and that's just the chapter and it is like understanding that you know as a macro if you're looking at your if your if your life was a, a novel that we were opening right now and picking a particular chapter you would see these things and you would understand the arc of that character in your life and you'd see yeah, the purpose yeah. they served. But like, uh, you know, when we're in it, we, we don't, and we have to just always take that step back with, with all people, all encounters in our life and realize that they're all serving a purpose and we're serving a purpose for them and, yeah. and that we can't hold grudges. We can't hold on. We have to love them and appreciate them for, for whatever the lesson is, whatever the experience is, whatever it is that we're being taught from that in that particular point in life because it was necessary and we attracted it because of wherever we were at. And, and ultimately everything is a reflection of us on the inside. Like yeah, yep, it's, yep, it's yep, the everything. outward expression. Um, so I have a, another, another thing just to dive into with you. Uh -huh. um, we, we touched on it earlier, but uh, when we first met, it was when I was doing the rooms on project Stargate in the gateway experience, which ultimately have to do with, with remote viewing and for those of you who don't know what that is, highly recommend you you check this stuff out. I think I might 
I might have one of the declassified documents on the Nate Night Talks uh, website, but I'm I'm not sure if I kept that up. It might be in the community. Um, but in any event, you can find the declassified documents for the Gateway Experience, as well as Project Stargate and everything that took place at SRI, the Stanford Research Institute, throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s. The hundreds of millions of dollars that we put in to remote viewing um, and uh, and you know astral projection. Same with the Russians. We did ultimately to spy on the Russians. That was the whole point of it. But the fact that people take this stuff as pseudoscience, as woo woo, as nonsense. All you need to do is know that the CIA, the NSA, our intelligence agencies in America and in Russia at the time when we were in the Cold War, dumped billions of dollars combined into researching this stuff because they knew it was real. For years. For for three decades nearly. Like, realize that, like, hey, there's something here that, like, we can disconnect consciousness from this physical form because this is just the shell. This is the meat suit. This is the... The robot, if you will, that we're occupying, the biological robot that we're our consciousness is occupying. It's not us. It's not what we are. We are an infinite energy being, you know, a part of God, whatever you want to define it as. We're eternal. We're energy. Once created, we don't disappear. Therefore, we can disconnect from this. And people can. No, everybody can. That was the whole message, you know, from the, the Gateway experience in, in Project Stargate. Um, and uh, in the interview, obviously, with Dr. David Morehouse, um, which came, I think, on the, the fourth the fourth episode of, of the Nate Night Talks uh, clubhouse rooms and, and the ability to disconnect your consciousness from your body and send it, let's say to go spy on the Russians on the other side of the world or to go to Mars and remote view it a, a million years ago to see the civilization up there. And you can read these declassified documents, these transcripts of these remote viewers through the Stanford research Institute and the CIA who remote viewed civilizations and fucking lava viaducts on Mars and showed structures, pyramid structures, um, you know, just megalithic uh, structures. Um, uh, why am I blanking? Uh, obelisk uh, structures uh, that that existed there um, and found the civilization that was there you know, was reaching extinction. There was something that was happening to the climate and they were looking for a new place to go. Maybe that was Earth. And, uh, and, and, and they, they, they saw these things and this is echoed by so many of these remote viewers and there are thousands and thousands of them. And there's so much data on this that like the, the research is insanely sound and backed by a, a prestigious Ivy league school like Stanford, in addition to this central intelligence agency of the United States and Russia and a n- number of other countries that dove into this stuff. Um, and so we, uh, shared this information. So we were, we were talking, you know, in, in back channels uh, during these episodes. I think that was where we really started kind of uh, connecting. Uh-huh. And uh, you shared some stuff that you found, uh, some of these meditation things. And then uh, Silver, um, one of the, my moderators and friends, came across a lady who was like, hey, I have the Monroe Institute's hemisync thing. Like, I have all the all the, the, the audio from it, like, so, to do this actual protocol. And so... We shared that uh, with you, and we were all like, you know, started embarking on this together. So uh, I'm curious, and I didn't go. I mean, there's like 21 levels of it. I obviously didn't go through all 21 levels, um, but I, I definitely started the journey and noticed things instantly. But I'm curious what what you, when working on uh, and hemisync for those of you who don't know, uh, hemisync comes down to the it's hemisph- hemis- hemispheric syncing of your right hemisphere and your left hemisphere of your brain. It's basically through binaural beats 
um, which some of you may have heard of before, but you're basically able to synchronize the right side of your brain and the left side of your brain to communicate as one. The logic side and the, you know, the creative side finally communicate as one symbiotic being, if you will, where they're not a separate entity anymore. They're in full fluid sync. And during that period of time, that is the precursor to your consciousness being able to leave the body, which also echoes psychedelics because LSD, psilocybin, all of these things allowed neurological connections that they allowed the basically the parts of your brain that normally never communicate to communicate, which is why there's this flood of information that comes in information because, you know, they, they say that what and actually the guy is interviewed and wrote the book of consciousness said a little differently the numbers from what I'd heard before, weirdly enough, from that documentary, What the Bleep Do We Know? Um, but he said that it was 11, 11, billion, or 11 million bits of information coming through our senses every second, and we can only process 200 of them. The 200 bits of information that we process make up our reality, and that reality is based on conditioning, the first 10 years of our life, who raised us, what country we were raised, culture we were raised, religion we were raised, how we view other people, races, whatever that makes up our reality and we're reinforcing it every day based on those 200 bits. So we're only looking out of the 11 million bits per second we're getting that come in. We're only focusing on the 200 bits that reinforce that reality where psychedelics and hemisync basically open your brain to receive all that information, the full reality, not just our programmed reality, our programmed individual reality of what we think to be real, the real reality of all things coming in and they flood the brain, which is why on many psychedelic experiences, you're like, like you're so overwhelmed with information and insight and, and epiphanies and connections that you couldn't make because your ego and that 200 bits, that reality that you've created for yourself always filters it out. It doesn't yeah. let it come in. And yeah. suddenly that barrier just crumbles and all the information comes in. It's like, now you're getting it all. And you're like, ah, <laughs> I can't handle it. And, uh, and that's what HemiSync does, uh, you know, in, in a general term. It allows that communication to take place, which ultimately allows for the disconnection um, of your consciousness from the physical form. And so what, when you, when you were starting to do it, what were some of your experiences with it? So I started uh, playing around with the like brainwave music number, like I, I would say probably 11 years ago was my first experience. And I remember, um, and I've been using it on and off, right? So I, I'll go through, like right now I'm going through a phase of, of a completely different meditation. And because I, I do, I, again, I just sort of follow like, oh, this is what I need right now. Um, but I, I did brainwave music for a long time. And it's so fascinating because there are different companies that do it, right? So I remember I shared whatever files that I had with you guys and you guys sent me the hemisync. And it was fascinating. It, it's my brain. And I don't, I don't know if that's for everyone. And I remember one of the companies said, don't do it at night because just don't do it at night. And I'm like, whatever, I do everything at night. So like, it's going to be yeah, fine. Me too. <laughs> I remember that I literally did it at night and then I went to sleep and I was, I had someone visit me. Literally like there was a being that was sitting on my bed 
And it was so real. It wasn't like, oh, that's a dream. It was so real that I just, like, I saw its face. It was, it terrified me so much when I woke up, woke up. I mean, I just, I don't even remember how that, I called, they have like a 24 hour, like a, I don't know if they do that anymore, but they had like a support line. I was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> you called like Hemisync? I, not Hemisync, the, the other company, the other which one. is okay. the same sort of technology. But they, because people, you know, people can experience these things. So they have like a helpline that's 24 seven. That's I like, amazing. What the hell happened? I mean, was I there? Was it real? It was like, well, it could have been, you know, you've taught you. And they told me like, this is why we say don't do it at night because your brain sometimes cannot, it will continue that into your sleep. So your, your body wants to sleep, but your consciousness is, it's still there. So it's, 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 it's not, you, you don't, you didn't give enough time to process it and you just go into like the sleep mode. <laughs> you're, also op you're opening, you're opening yourself up to be very susceptible to other entities and other energy. Yes. And if any of you think that's nonsense, you're <laughs> wrong. Uh, it, it's, uh, and that's a part of the protocol is protecting yourself, creating with the hemisync, creating the little energy field. Yes. Um, and they talk about it in declassified CIA documents mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. the fact that you you will encounter very negative beings, very negative entities. And you can, you know, you know, whether or not you subscribe to good or evil, positive, negative, whatever it is, negative is evil in that regard. Like things that are right. that are there to do you harm or are not there for your best interest. And if you are not prote protected energetically you can be very susceptible. And so going to sleep, if you do this, which I did the same thing because I'm a night owl <laughs> just like you, and I open myself up to certain things, um, you you will leave yourself vulnerable, especially if you're in a negative state, if there's negative yes. people around you. If there's anything that is around you, that is the energy field when you open up that is mm -hmm. around you. And then things are yes. going to come to you because you're not protected anymore. You're not in this conscious state of like, uh, protecting yourself and you, you become vulnerable to things that might have bad intentions. And that's actually what I loved about Hemisync because there's a lot of steps that you, that these tapes teach you to kind of prep you and prepare you and protect you. Whereas a lot of these other things, yes, you, 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 you do feel like you're like, wow, my, you know, it is happening that, that this, the, the brain, like it, you do feel like you're in another sort of, this helps with meditation tremendously, but it, there's no protection per se, you know? So, uh, so I, you know, those, I, although they're very, very strong, I will never now do that at night. Um, Hemisync, I, I've had, um, I still try not to do it at night, just, just in case I don't do it properly, but I had much better um, experience with, because it also teaches you a lot, a lot of patterns, which I loved. Um, I love the whole, like the chest where you like leave things, you know, that mm. you, you, you put the Your energy chest. Yeah. Which I just love because my, um, and it's such a great exercise that I sometimes I just do even just, just before I go to sleep and my mind is blah, 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 go like, so I'm like, all right, so I'm going to, I'm on the beach and I'm just going to put in all my worries, right? I'm worried about this and this person. Oh, and like, it could be a stupid little thought that's like obsessive because I do go into obsessive thinking sometimes. And I'm I just insane. put it in there, put it in there. 
and it's a chest and I close it and I like have things in my mind written on it, you know, like it's a, it's like a whatever love or whatever. And it's going to transfer and transform it. Now I can leave it and now I can go do some inner work because I just left all of this. So, and there's a certain thing that happens in your mind because our mind actually the way the subconscious works, it's in, in, in images. It's really hard for it to grasp words. So images are amazing. So if you like, it's like a little baby, you got to talk to it like a child. And, and when you do that, there's like, oh, okay, it's been taken care of. Someone's actually handling this. Now I can focus on, on what I, what I came here to do, the work. And look, I think that stuff, it, it is for real. Um, there's no question about it. Um, I'm just been so many studies. So, uh, even, you know, if you put this on, um, any of, 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 of the programs that I've tried, um, I had it, I put it on my mom ones, my like expert. I was like, yeah, you don't believe it. And they were like, yeah, what like when they were napping. Okay. And they had the most insane dreams that they've never had before. So, you know, what's doing something. This is not like some crazy, um, I do think there is, um, and this, this, I think this is important for people to understand. Anytime you do any, any of the stuff on YouTube, um, it's compressed, right? So all these sounds, everything's compressed. Yeah. So you might not be able to get the full effect. Um, so if you ever, cause you don't even know what the compression is because depending on how, how someone uploads it. So it is, if you really want to dive into it and try it, which I, th I think is, it's definitely a, an amazing tool. You should try to get the, the highest quality download, the highest tape, whatever. I mean, no one has CDs anymore, right? But I used to have this actual CDs of this stuff because you want to get the, not the, the, the compressed version of any of it, because that's really, really important. And everything is again, based on vibration. And, um, I've had like so many different visions and, and feelings and not to mention that you feel absolutely incredible afterward. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know what it is. It's it just, it's like a, a major break for your brain. So instead of taking a nap, if you do one of those, you'll benefit way more. Um, any type, any, any, any brainwave music that I've done, um, uh, whether it's a hemisync or the, the, the other technologies, when I do them, I don't have to sleep as much. Yeah. So yeah. it definitely does something. And a great documentary for people to check out. Uh, if you want to, some people are very visual and they, and they enjoy their, their documentaries. Yes. Uh, not that I necessarily, you know, people always need to know that documentaries are made with the biases from the, from the start. They're trying to prove something. They're not, a uh, you know, a, a bipartisan thing and by any means they're, they're, they're there to promote something. But, and so as long as you take that into account the whole time, but by and large, the majority of this documentary is incredibly spot on because all it is doing is just showing the modern scientific and, and quantum physics proof for these topics. And it's on Amazon. It's free. If you have Amazon prime and it's called third eye spies and they dive into the remote viewing and they dive into Man, there's like a, I feel like it's in Switzerland or a place where they're training kids this from yes. from the start yes. before their mind gets molded with doubt, limitation, and everything else. And these kids wow. are reading books without any eyes, like blindfolded, reading words on a page on a book they've never Ping, seen before. Ping, ping, 
Yeah, playing ping pong, guessing like the like the guy is randomly giving them a card like this fast, and each card has a different color, and they're like red, yellow, green, blue, and it's exactly what's on. Like, it is mind blowing. Is that we are so much more than mm-hmm. the the five senses that we think that that sixth sense, that third eye, if you will, that pineal gland, the thing that sees the unseen, the 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 you know, if you will, the spiritual realm is very much a part of us. Um, we can, you know, dive into things that have been done to stop that, you know, fluoride yes. and whatever else. But um, nonetheless, we are all capable of these things. That's what Dr. Morehouse, you know, says is that the the remote viewers today, and he's like, rest assured, the program is still going on. Uh, it's just, you know, now suppressed because he blew the lid off of it with the books that he wrote. But he's like, it's still going on. And the people who he trains today, uh, he says, are are far, far better than they were. And it's not a special thing. Like everybody is capable of doing this. It's not like you're, you know, some kid in the matrix who can bend a spoon with his mind. Everybody is capable of this. We all possess this power and it is a matter of belief and it is a matter of practice. And like we, yeah, we convince ourselves every day of the shit we believe, no matter if it's absolute nonsense or if it's, you know, real, it's real to us. And so realize that and realize that you can change your reality. You can change your power and your control so easily just by believing that you can. Like it is not seen as believing. It's believing is seen. And that is the trick of abundance. That is the trick of of everything in life is believing that it's possible. Because if you don't believe you're capable of it to begin with, you don't believe achieving that goal or that dream is possible, you're never going to achieve it because it's not possible to you. And that, yeah. that actually leads perfectly into the UFO subject because that is what I harp on all the time in the room as it pertains to the UFO subject and, and consciousness because everything is related to that. And it comes down to the, the analogy of a Tesla where you decide you're going to buy that black Tesla. You're like, you know what? I want a black Tesla. I'm going to buy it. You get the black Tesla. Suddenly you see black Tesla's everywhere you're like when the fuck did people start buying black teslas all of a sudden they were always there they didn't just spontaneously appear everybody had those black teslas before they just weren't a part of your 200 bits of information they weren't a part of your reality therefore your consciousness your subconsciousness blocked it out it wasn't important it's like this isn't a priority to me these things are priorities to me therefore i'm going to reinforce them and pinpoint them out in the reality the 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 true reality of what's happening and then suddenly when you buy it then it becomes a part of your reality then you see them everywhere that same thing is true for the ufo phenomena which is now why with everything that's happened the past three and a half four years with those first three declassified videos the tic-tac gimbal and go fast suddenly this went from a fringe topic, thank God, because my vindication has been amazing, <laughs> nearly orgasmic, uh, yes. just because yes. of the 12 I years of research I've done into this. And now it's like, I fucking told you. All yeah, you had yeah. to do was look and you just, yes. people are programmed. They're programmed through the propaganda, yes. the disinformation. Uh, and, and this gets down to why people don't think all these things are possible, whether it's consciousness, psychedelics, UFOs, it is the people at the very top who control the narrative, who program you to believe what is real, what is false, what's possible, what's not that makes up your paradigm. 
And that is not the truth. Those people are in control because they want to control you and they want to control what you think and believe. And they want to keep you ultimately down so that you don't realize your true power and potential or the power and potential of the masses at large. But nonetheless, you shift that reality through belief or through an education in this case, which is what's happening with the UFO phenomena, where now because the media and the government are telling you it's real, which historically are the last fucking places you should ever yes. look for truth because they're the ones who lie to you all the time and their track record proves it. And I could give you a hundred years of that easily just through declassified documents now and things that we know. And most people know this. It's just that they, they still choose to block it out, whether it's because of their political affiliation, their country affiliation, whatever it is. They yeah. choose to ignore the atrocities. They choose to ignore the hypocrisy. They ignore whatever it is because it threatens their belief system. But they, most people depend on the government and the media to tell them what's real. And now, which we could, you know, that's a whole other topic we don't need to get into. But for now, the government and therefore the media are telling you that these things are real, that UFOs are real. They're here. And they've been telling you this now for four years, but especially the past year, especially with the intelligence bill that came out in the end of June. And now people are accepting this now it's no longer a fringe thing it's no longer stigma and look at how many ufo sightings are happening <laughs> everywhere yes they didn't just appear people they no, were always no. there it's just now your consciousness because you you believe now like you now that the government said it you're like okay they must be real <laughs> now you're like now yeah. you're looking up before you had no reason to look up because you didn't believe they were there now yeah. you believe they might be there because they're telling you they are and you're looking up and you're seeing them. They were yeah. always there. They've been there throughout our history. They've been documented in every major religion throughout time and before that in petroglyphs and hieroglyphs. They, they're, they've been documented like we've known about them. And I believe yeah. personally that they are responsible for the human race, the, the that missing link in evolution and why we're here, why... If all things are consistent on this planet that's, you know, less than 5 billion years old in a universe that's 14 billion years old, everything has seemed to have evolved at the same rate. All animals are on the same page, right? They're all on the same evolutionary track, yet there's humans who stand alone, who are this consciousness, this being that has a level of consciousness that is beyond that, that can contemplate its own existence, that is that is able to essentially dominate the food chain, even though in reality we're at the bottom of it in many regards. There are many predators that would wipe us out. But because of our intelligence, because of our level of consciousness, we've survived. But I digress. So the question is, I know you've been in a lot of these rooms, and I know you've you've done your, your share of research into these things. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not as obsessively as I have in many regards, definitely but, not as, yeah, yeah. but you're, you're nonetheless open to it because of the fact yeah. that you're just an open human being in general. And these are the things that you, when you become open, you don't have pre, you know, conditioned responses to anymore. You're like, all things are possible. Like, and why would I even begin to assume that we're the center of the universe yeah. and that there isn't life out there and whatever else. But I'm curious what your, your take on the UFO subject is, um, mm -hmm. and more importantly, I guess what, what's been happening, um, you know, the past four years, more recently, the past, you know, year, six months or so, um, what is just your, your opinion or your take in general on all of it? Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause I, I, I remember when I was, 
I think when I was 12 or 13, I read a book about, and I, I got to remember, I, I'm sure I can look look this up somehow, but I, I did try once and I, I couldn't find it. It was a book about the pyramids. And it was a, a guy sort of like basically making a case for like the pyramids serpent. were built. So was it Serpent in the Sky? Maybe. I, it was in Polish, right? So it was in Polish and it was, and I remember this is this book made such a huge like I, I never forgot the feeling that this book gave me. If that makes sense, like yep. I've read a thousand books since then, right? But there was a, and I was super young, right? And it, and it never left me that feeling of like, wow, there is so much more, because it, it, it really gave like mathematical equations and like proofs of like, whoa, like this, like this is impossible for them to have known that and. So I've always known about that, right? Like I've never, um, I, um, I, I in general until this year, um, I was always against watching any, any news, um, uh, looking it just was never, I've always kind of known like, oh, there's some sort of narrative. I don't want to be a part of it. Uh, this year, because I'm, I'm like, I want to look at everything because I want to be able to know how to deal and have conversations with people on two different sides. So I look at everything. I choose to focus on certain things and not the others. But um, like you said, because we know the track record, so um, you take things with a grain of salt. Um, but I, I've i always sort of known about it, believed it. And, and I thought like anyone who thought that that's not real is like, do you really think out of all of like, we're the only ones? Like this is like, it, how naive and, and narcissistic to think that we're like, we're it, you know? Um, I never, besides the fact that like people would always tell me like, oh, you look like an alien. Like, and I, and I found it like so offensive. People said like, you look like, like an kid. alien? Yeah. Like, you're like, you look like an alien. Like, cause I, when I was growing up also, I had like a, like I was the tallest um, girl in my class and I had like a big head <laughs> with like a small body and it was just, you know, and then I grew into it, you know, so it was fine. But um, it like people would say that to me. I'm like, well, then maybe I am. Maybe it's maybe I am. Um, and it was wasn't. Um, and I always like I just. It's funny because I, I I had I did a little bit more research. I, I read I was up for um, the show uh, Blue Book. Remember if you saw that the show. So I was yeah, up. My to, friend was on that show actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was, I was like up to, I guess, testing for it and stuff. Didn't get it. Um, but I, I was doing a lot of research because I was like, this isn't interesting. I, and, and it opened up a lot of things. When I found your room, oh God, the, the knowledge, I was like, this is now like, this is proof because you had like the proof that like is undeniable. Like, it's just not like, it's a theory. No, th this is, and, and, um, like there, there's knowledge that I have that I can say. And then there's also another just knowing that I just know and I can't explain it. It's a knowing, right? So there's a knowing inside of me. I just know. And I've always had this knowing they're out there. And my, you know, my, my thoughts, it, it's not just because we always kind of like we, people think like, oh, it's there. They look like this and they, you know, and they're in this ship and that's what they are. I think there are so many different civilizations. So whatever, however they're coming to visit us, in so many different forms, 
there could be even people who, you know, see angels and they might, those might not be angels. They might be beings from another civilization that are just, you know, now knowing that the things that we can do with, with, uh, with our thoughts and telepathically communicate, I believe this, these civilizations, they're communicating telepathically. There, there is no words. And, and, um, and there's, I think there's so many different kinds. I, I, I like to believe that they're all um, good, that they all, and I think my, the, the sort of the scariest part of it is, you know, the, the way, um, although now they're more open about it. And, and I remember this was my first comment. I was like, how do they just went from like, oh, making people basically, you know, uh, uh, kill themselves because they were, um, they were being told they're crazy for seeing things um, to now like, oh no, that like, yeah, we were, yes, they were seeing their, you know, it's, they're, it's probably them. Like just, just went from like, no shame, no apology whatsoever. This is what drives me nuts. It's like no one is taking responsibility for like, I'm, we're sorry we fooled you. We're, we're, no one, it just, it just glides. And that's how it is just with the government. They, they just, they just, they take no responsibility. That drives me mad. And, um, you know, COVID. <laughs> and and what's happening now they're like they always say the threat and threat and threat i'm like why are you why so i'm a little worried you know i'm not i'm not um again i don't don't just blindly believe in things but i i just whenever i talk to people about this stuff i say just please um don't think of it as a threat because i this is being planted and um, I, I'm not liking it because if they wanted to do something to us, they would have I, honestly, like, I think they have the technology that they would have done. So they either need us. Um, I think a lot of it, I think the, our planet has a lot of amazing resources. Um, they probably need, uh, you know, do, are we of like human rate? Like, are we of value to them? I'm not sure. Um but one thing, and this this ties it all in together, one thing that we can do and we should be doing, whether you want to communicate with them, and I have I have been trying and attempting, and it's unbelievable when I whenever I do that, I kind of I do feel a connection. And I, I don't I don't really uh, I can't be like, oh I so like I don't have proof, but there's again, there's a certain knowing that I get and a certain certain dreams that are being affected that I have when I do it, when I'm very conscious about communicating with them which is very different than me going in inner like inside and and communicating with with the higher wisdom it's very very different and um i'm looking forward to doing like the actual protocols where i can test it out out in the freaking you know it's just hard to do it in la because if i go on my deck <laughs> you can't see much in the sky because it's so bright um so i want to go out in nature and do it you know you're close to one of the biggest, uh, the biggest hotspots there is. Where? Uh, Catalina. That's where Monica and I are going uh, on nice. Wednesday. Um, we're going back. We went there once during during COVID. Uh -huh. um, that's where the the Nimitz. Uh, I mean, like seventy miles or so from there is where the Nimitz yeah. encounter with the Tic Tac, uh, as well as that fleet of a hundred UFOs that were cruising at eighty thousand feet and then dropped to you know 10 feet above sea level in less than a second 80,000 feet 
in less than a second, do the math on the speed of that. Um, that is insane. And a hundred of them that did it then stopped instantaneously. And, uh, Catalina is a, Catalina is a, there is an energy there that if you are in tune, even if you're not in tune, you might not recognize what's happening to you. You might not right. You'll just realize like there's something weird about this place. I don't know what it is, but if you're in tune, you're like, something is going on here. Something is happening here. And I don't know what it is. And, you know, as, as the stories go, the whistleblowers go, the research goes, the eyewitness testimony goes, uh, there are bases underwater that are around Catalina, uh, not human bases, but bases mm. of extraterrestrial beings, because that is where many of them are. That's why a lot of these craft are seen leaving the water. They're transmedium vehicles that uh, defy all laws of physics, accepted physics, um, and are able to uh, to perform these maneuvers and and do these things without resistance from water to air. And most of them, if you're talking about a place to hide, that's why, you know, underneath mountains and, and underneath the ground and underneath the water, uh, we, we haven't even explored the ocean. We have no idea what's at the bottom of it. We talk about trying to explore space. We don't even know what's on our own fucking planet. Like we don't. And like of what perfect hiding place to be than a, an area on our own planet that may as well be space because we will die under there. It's, it's inhospitable to, to humankind. We're not meant to be there. And yeah. if you are a species, a, a race that has technology that is light years beyond ours, that's nothing. You can have a base under there because it, the, the time, space, gravity, all these things you've already mastered yeah. and you know it means nothing. And that is why these things are they're hiding in plain sight. And that is why these lost civilizations and all the ideas of whether or not, you know, how many of them have actually come from other planets versus how many of them are actually native here and have just been hiding. Like, they're, you know, Atlantis, uh, the ones that got away before that collapse, a civilization that we know historically, uh, and people can say what they want about Atlantis. They said Troy, the city of Troy, was, was a myth. It was mythology until we found it. Same with a number of these uh, cities in Hinduism that we have now found that were sunken under the ocean that really existed. These things that we said were myth. You bet your ass Atlantis is real. There is no doubt about it. It is real. And that there was a civilization that achieved technology and evolution in a way that was far superior to everything else in the planet. You think when a cataclysm came that some of them didn't leave? Like you think that like there wasn't an elite among them that, that took off and was able to escape it. They had the technology. I mean, look what we did with the pyramids. Look what we did with Gobekli Tepe. These places we now know realistically predate the last Younger Dryas. So over, they're well over 12,000 years ago was when Younger Dryas ended. And so they had to have been made before that. That no one, Nobody was making these megalithic structures that we can't replicate today. Right, exactly. Uh, when the yeah. earth was thawing, like they, they had to have been made before that. And, uh, and people like, you know, uh, uh, Paul Stamets, uh, one of the foremost geologists in the world, says that there was, uh, you know, 11 or 13, uh, one of those um, extinction level events, 11 or 13 of them that have taken place in the last 125,000 years that have wiped out civilizations on Earth. And we now, you know, we found now the oldest human is like 300,000 years old, the one that we found anyway. We But we found tools in Utah that are over a million years old or a few million years old, like tools, human-made tools, millions of years old. We are, as Graham Hancock says, we're a species with amnesia. We have no idea what 
former civilizations did. Like we, it's that once again, that hubris of for one, we're the center of the universe. There can't be anything intelligent out there and that we are impervious to anything happening. Like, no, we're not. We're, we're on a fragile planet that could be hit anytime by a meteor, by a solar flare, by our own climate change of what we're doing to the planet. Like we are so vulnerable. And if we get wiped out, especially with the way we've built civilization today, no one will have any trace that we are even here. But the pyramids, things like Gobekli Tepe, these megalithic yeah. structures with rocks were made to be a sign to future civilizations to know we achieved this. We were here and we did this. We understood this. We were in line with consciousness with our ancestors and Orion and like and understood the essence of consciousness and spirituality to a degree that we have lost touch with completely. All of our structures are wood, plastic plastic stucco like this will be destroyed there'll be no memory of our civilization the way we've built it uh, whatsoever and so like how do we know that some of these civilizations or these ets that we're seeing this technology is not in fact past civilizations that have have survived and then watched the re-evolution of our species the the hunter gatherers who survived you know the people who that's what you know they talk about is like our civilization the way we are now we're dead. None of us have hunting skills. None of us have ability to build a fire. We are dead, dead. The only people who will survive a cataclysm are going to be indigenous people who live off the land and have that skill set, providing they're in an area that's not dangerously affected. And they'll be the ones that will perpetuate the next generation. And so whatever their knowledge is, which is going to be far more limited they're not going to have, because they're, you know, isolated. Yeah. They're not like, yeah. you know, we are the advanced civilizations. It's all lost. And so it is a full reset on, how many times has that happened? Like, think about that. That's like, it's so, we're just, we just don't think about this shit. Like yeah. in, in history yeah. and academia just lies about it. They just lie about it. Like carbon dating is completely inaccurate. It's based on soil and soil changes. It can change with, with a, a flood. It can change with a freaking storm. Like it, you can't carbon date like these stones of like, you know, right, the pyramids. Right. We have no idea. Yeah. And so like, what are the, what are these extraterrestrial life? Are they, are they extraterrestrial or are they terrestrial? Right. Exactly. Are they in fact here? And they, and they, they didn't, they couldn't interfere with the new civil, like, you know, the reemergence. They're like, yeah. well, we can't, you know. We have, uh, there's no way to communicate to a primitive, you know, race that the understanding that we have at this point. So we're going to go put our base in Antarctica. We're yeah. going to go live over here. We have the technology. Like we're just, we're going to watch this shit from afar. Like, and yeah, you know, we've exactly. already mastered all this. Like, so let's just watch and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I do, I think this is more my sort of, uh, way of thinking rather than, I just, I, I just know that there is just, there, there is no, and, and, and again, we're, what, what the government, they're trying to just look at it from this very limited point of view. And, and maybe, maybe they actually, there are some, some that actually have a, a greater understanding of it, but they're just trying to feed us mm -hmm. the sort of mm -hmm. ego-based, fear-based um, bits that we will maybe be able to grasp. Um, which I think I actually have a much, uh, I do, I do believe in, in like the intelligence of humanity and we could, um, and this is something we talked about in, 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 in your rooms, you know, when they say like, well, no, that's all people can handle. So it's like, no. Okay. No, 
People can handle a lot more. And you know what? Tough shit if you can't. Like, mm-hmm. this is the reality. This is the truth. Deal with it. Like, this is, no. Like, why? So I don't think that's really, you know, that's that's an excuse. Um, it's not. Uh, if they cared about evolution, if they truly cared about the, the perpetuating of our species and and the, the next level of consciousness, the next level of technology, they wouldn't be waiting for people who couldn't adapt. They won't be like, well, let's let's just be sensitive. No, like that's not progress. Like you adapt, you adapt to survive. Like this is the new paradigm. We've discovered this. Uh, deal with it. Digest it however you want. I don't give a shit how you cope with it. Work it into your paradigm. Work it <laughs> into your religion. It doesn't yeah. matter. Make it fit so that Make we can carry exactly. forward. Because if we don't, we're going to kill this fucking planet. We're going to yeah. keep killing each other. And we're never going to take our place among the stars with our galactic neighbors where we belong. Right. Right, 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 right. But absolutely true. And, you know, and, and that's another thing where like, I'm like, even me being a super eco person and, and sustainable, which it's funny because that's how it started. And then I sort of evolved into like, well, actually, if you're a conscious being and you're, you're conscious of everything you buy and what you put out there and you, what you use and what happens to it, you know, there's a, there's a greater understanding. So I, instead of so I started focusing more on that, on, on the consciousness, than the actual sustainability and eco. And now also with everything that I, you know, I'm reading and researching, I'm like, I think we actually have solutions. Okay, we have solutions. They just don't fit the narrative. Um, there are some solutions and there's, there, there is technology that I think we do possess already um, that could fix all of our, you know, uh, issues with, with, um, with the, the planet and, 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 um, um, but it, again, it doesn't fit the narrative because there, this would just collapse everything else that's already in place. That's, that's keeping some very happy. Um, which yes. I think that's, that's just such a, that's such a just tragedy on its own. And, but we also know if we sort of trace back some, so much of the information was held back because no, it's not like, what was that? The first movie who killed the electric car. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, that shit was around for a long time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, no, not yet. No, yeah, we still got it. We got, got to make money on this. Like, if you, if you want to know what she's talking about, go to natenighttalks.com, go to declassified document section, and you will find, I don't know, it's a 280 page document of all of the free energy patents that have been suppressed by the government within that. And that goes back to Tesla. That goes back to Nikola Tesla. The people who've been killed, like the guy in the 70s who created the car that ran on water, who ran mm-hmm. out of the diner and was like, they poisoned me, they poisoned me, and then dropped dead. Yeah. Um, there are so, and people who have blown the whistle on this have all been killed. Um, there are so many, and there is a document that outlines all of these free energy patents. It's not like, people need to raise... Yeah. You ever gone to the moon since the sixties? Are you fucking kidding me? Or the early seventies? Like, are you kidding me? Back when like uh, the equivalent of a calculator took up like you know five thousand square foot room, we did that then, and we haven't like think about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. literally think about that. People just need to take a step back and use logic and reason for one second. Like we've abandoned reason for madness or we just accepted what what comes down from the media and the government as gospel. And they're the last people we should ever trust. 
They don't have the best intention of the people. They haven't. They never have. That is historically like, yes, America started as that. It started as like the the idea of freedom and democracy and a small government and the people had the power. That changed with the 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 Federal Reserve Act when when once we had the Federal Reserve put in place in the you know the nineteen eighteen whatever it was, uh, yeah, that's when the Rothschilds came in. Uh, that's when the Morgans came in. That's people don't realize the Federal Reserve is twelve twelve private banks. It's not federal. This is a banking cartel from Europe and from America that come and right after they took over the Great Depression happened. They have, they are responsible for the value of the dollar, uh, the gold standard, everything that has happened that has collapsed our economy over and over and over and over again is a result of them. Like this, we haven't been free like for a long yeah. period of time. And the people who are dictating these narratives, they're not like it, it has, we don't have a voice. No, yeah. People really need to wake up in America to this Republican Democrat. My yeah. voice matters. Like, My none, party matters. None, of, none of, matters. of None of it matters. None of it matters. The strings are pulled by the same people, the same lobbyists, the same super PACs. Like it's it's if it's so apparent. It's not even like it's hidden. You just yeah. all you have to do is just not watch the news and just research and just, it yourself. Do, yeah, do minimal research. Minimal research. Minimal yes. research. You go back and you're like, oh, who owns this? Who owns this? And then and people are like, oh, conspiracy theory. No, it's not a conspiracy it's just facts like who owns what and you just do a little freaking tree whatever you call that and then and then just just understand okay well okay it like what what are the motivations right there that's it and then when you understand that what pisses me off is you know they're doing things that to manipulate our feelings right so they want mm. they want to introduce something even now like uh, with the with the whole um, Apple, you know, and they're like, oh, we're gonna with child pornography. I'm not sure if you heard about this. They're gonna now um, the new update with the iPhone, where they're gonna um, uh, it, it's gonna be okay for them to look through your messages and through your um, through your uh, uh, photos because they're gonna be looking for child pornography and child um, abuse or whatever. Yeah, my um, ass. So it's okay, and. It's insane because it's like, oh, all of a sudden, like, what? The, this has been happening for a long time. All of a sudden, like, oh, this is what we're doing. This is for us to give them. So they're playing with our emotions. It's always about playing with our, oh, yeah, no, I'm against that. Oh, yeah, no, you should. Yeah, let's do that here. So by giving them permission, of course, where are they going to? This is the technology they can use for anything else. Let's be honest. Mm. So that Oh, this, for sure. And again, not a conspiracy theory. It's just. It's fact. Hey, it's a fact. They're gonna. It's fact. If we give them, uh, you know, already we're being, you know, censored in so many ways. But this is like another. But the way they're using it, they're like, oh, kids, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you're like, oh yes, I care about them. Oh god, this is horrible. So it's like they're using our emotions and every single time. They're using and, fear as well. And then of course fear. That's that's you know the the fear porn. Um, but mm-hmm. that's. It's unbelievable. Fear is number one because you can get anything done with fear. But also, the the other the other side, right? The the more unknown, like oh, you feel you should feel compassion towards this group or that group, and no, and they just sway us. And um and and I think a lot of times the problem is that people don't, you know, I have no problem um saying like oh my god I was strict like I, instead of keeping it up like, no, it's not true. Like I could never, 
I have no problem saying like, how dumb was I for all these years? So just mm. like, believe it, like no problem saying that because whatever, I, I just like, if I, if I make a mistake, I, I am, I have no problem saying that if I was duped, if I was, I have no problem admitting that. And I think most people have a problem because it's just it's so tied into their identity and their, you know, ego. sense of like, no, no, and ego and everything that, that it's really hard for them to be like, Oh my God, you're right. Oh my God. I can't believe I was like doing this, this. And like, I, there's so many times where I'm like, I was there. Like they totally got me too. I think if people just relaxed into that and, and, and started understanding, it's just your ego that's making you not want to look at certain things because that, then it's going to, this will, you will have to admit to yourself that you were whatever, misled, tricked. And that feels bad to most people. To me, it doesn't. I, I really, nothing. It's just like, okay, I admit it and I do better basically from, from this point on. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's what I do. But I think if you, and this year has been so eye-opening for me because I really started looking at everything and also being, you know, there's, here's, here's the challenge of uh, being compassionate, right? So learning how to be compassionate, even if you know certain things and you're like, oh, you yeah, know, this is for sure. Understanding that other people, yeah, they, because of their ego, it's really hard for them to admit certain things and, and having that compassion. So um, it's a lesson now. It's a really great class in, in letting go of, of your ego, but also just putting yourself in someone else's shoes um, and being compassionate. But I, you know, I, I, this year has been pretty incredible. And, and, I, and I think a lot of people will have that same experience because I know that a lot of people are waking up to these ideas and, and it could be, you know, even through like, someone realizing like, wait, weren't they like making fun of people who saw UFOs and like, and now they're just like, no, that it, it's true. Yeah. Um, and no one is, and just someone seeing that and going like, well, that means they can do this with anything else that they can, which they like, are stops them, which we know they are, but it just, even that, I think it, it's great because I think people are going to understand, um, you know, and ultimately we do have the power. Um, and, but also protecting yourself from all of it is doing the inner work, being on a higher frequency, you know? Um, and sometimes I, sometimes I have the days I'm like, all right, come on, you just come and pick me up, pick me up, take me, take me. Get me out of here. You know, you, you brought up a good point. Um, and it's people at home, ask yourself this, who do you trust more? A person who admits they're wrong, who, who, who is genuinely, honestly seeking the truth, who just wants to know the facts, that's it, but are willing to admit that they're, when they're wrong and say, you know what, I was wrong about that. Uh, I found, you know, this information, it proved that was wrong. And, uh, and now, like, you know, I've, I've changed my thought based on information because all I'm here to genuinely do is get the truth. I have no agenda. I'm just trying to find the truth versus the politicians, the big corporations who, despite being wrong, and I could point out a million things with COVID, but I'm not going to do that. And that's because of who my brother is and firsthand information I'm privy to with this. But the fact that there has been information that has been proven and flip-flopped on, whether it's masks, uh, antibody levels, 
uh, you know, gain of function, uh, novel versus not novel, whatever it is, nobody just admits they're wrong. They, they lie. They continue the lie. They cover it up. They spin it. And they do it to the detriment and the downfall of everybody else. Uh, or what, even at, at the most basic level, if you don't want to s- assign malice or some higher agenda to it, then they're just lying. They're just straight lying to you to cover for their, their ignorance or their, their you know, ineptitude beforehand. Who are you going to trust? Who would you rather have? Somebody who just like, you know, as he said, when I'm wrong, I admit it. And I'm the same way. Like, all I want is the truth. And yeah. if I, and I will search for it and I will, I will based on research and my own firsthand experience and knowing the things you're talking about, the things that you know, which you get those insights through altered states of consciousness or non-ordinary states of consciousness, you get insights that allow you to go from a level of believing to knowing something. But even then, what do we really fucking know? Like we, we don't. And you ha- only the people, the most intelligent people and the most honest people are the ones who admit they don't know anything. And they're sometimes the smartest fucking people that there are. Look at like Einstein, look at freaking, you know, Tesla, Newton. Most of these people were humble beyond belief, and especially when they talked about God, the universe and, and you know, uh, or the ether and things that we didn't understand. There's a level of humility to that. And people who are genuinely looking for the truth and who genuinely care about their fellow brothers and sisters on this planet are the ones who are willing to admit they're wrong. And um, who are you going to trust? And and that is the, the point of all of this, is that you seek truth above all, no matter what. Yeah. And And that is what matters. And the people who seek truth above all else with no dogmatic viewpoint, with no hubris or ego are always going to admit when they're wrong because they don't care about being wrong as long as it leads them closer to the truth. And that is not what you see in the ruling elite and the governments around the world and the people who pull the strings. It is the exact opposite. It is lie, conceal, suppress at all costs, no matter what. And that is all you need to know is that the people you trust are the ones who admit they're wrong, who say like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to know. I'm, I'm genuinely trying to know. That's honesty. That's humility. That's vulnerability. That is lack of ego. And that comes from, I think, your ego being shattered, perhaps, in, in a DMT state, and mine as well, like where it's, you, it, once it crumbles fully, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, that sticks with you forever. There's a level of humility that comes with that in this experience. And just the realization that like you saw things in those places that you could never take back with you. Mm-hmm. but that are ingrained in you to a yeah. point that you're then going forward. You can never be like, yeah, well, this is how like you're, I don't fucking know. Like, I <laughs> yeah. mean, God, like, holy shit. Like what I just experienced, yeah. like, holy shit. I'm trying to make heads or tails of it, but it's enough that I know I don't know anything. And, uh, and I, but I'm far more aware now mm-hmm. of things yeah. i'm far more aware of the human condition and i'm far more aware of ego and yeah. i can pinpoint that a mile away now and tell the difference between between that and and you know genuine spirit or consciousness or like you know intention what is the difference between those two things and and you can pinpoint it quite quick yeah. but um so true so true i will say We've done well. Uh, yeah. uh, you've been you've been quite the trooper, um, uh, and have, have hung with this. This is this is probably the most true Nate Night Talks podcast I've done as far as the hour, um, uh, <laughs> being being the late night show. Um, 
are there any parting thoughts? Uh, and thank you uh, for for your time and for being no, here and for being vulnerable uh, and, and and sharing these things because I have no doubt they will reach the people they're supposed to uh, at the time that they're supposed to. And so I just appreciate you being willing to do that and uh, and being the awakened light that you are. Um, and, and being here. So thank you for that. But I do want to give you the final word. If there is anything that you, you want to say in closing, any takeaways, anything therein, the floor is yours. Well, um, I keep, I'll keep saying it. <laughs> we just all have to really stay present, aware, take the time to turn everything off, sit on our butts and get inside. That is, I, this is the biggest advice, the best advice I can give to anyone at any point, because that will, that will protect you from so much, but that has to become a practice. It's not a one-time thing. And, 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 having that every single moment and breath that you take and having that awareness uh, transforms uh, not only you, but it transforms the world around you um, and everyone and everyone you come in contact with. Um, and it's absolutely magical. And there are all these tools that we discussed that you can use, psychedelics, playing with music, like all of like, but it all comes down to actually being aware and using all that um, at every moment, even when you're sitting with, with someone we're talking and being aware of what someone says and, and what your reaction to it is. And did, did your ego just like chip in with, with some info, right? Or with some fear, being aware of it. That's it. If we all did that, the world would be so like that, that if we all just did that, the world would be so different. Um, and just keeping our eyes open, just keeping our eyes open, our hearts open to the information because it's out there. And I think, I think, I feel the energy is really shifting. So I think there's even like, like an, just a lot more information that's available out there if you open yourself up to, because I felt it. And it could be because of all the journeys that I've done, could be, but I really do feel like there's just this is a great opportunity. This is a, and it's not a comfortable opportunity. It's not fun. Like none of it is really fun when you, when you do it in the beginning, you're like, this is not fun. This doesn't feel good. I don't get miracles immediately. No, it doesn't work that way. But then what you get long-term is unbelievable. And that's what we're all hoping for, you know? Um, and, uh, and I, I, especially with everything that's happening in the world right now, I think, keeping your eyes open, um, having your, your ultimate tool for life, for everything that's coming, um, what's already here and what's coming is for going within, raising your freak, frequency all the time and, 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 and getting access to that information that's out there because this is ultimately what's going to guide you. And then watching uh, Izzy does it once it hits the screen. <laughs> the further tips will be in my Damn show. Right. Damn right. Manifest. That's it. That's speaking into existence. Absolutely. Thoughts are powerful. Words are even more powerful. So make sure you all take that to heart, that uh, your words have more power than your thoughts do. So your thoughts manufacture, or they're, they're the precursor to your words. 
And so uh, it's been proven. That's also, I think, a part of the Third Eye Spy thing, maybe, or maybe it was a different, different book or documentary. But uh, that spoken words uh, are far more powerful for manifesting your reality than anything else. Because if you're saying it out loud, there is frequency to that. There's audio. Once again, more vibration, more energy ah. to a spoken word. So yes. speak things. And then, and then as you speak it, if you can, on top of it, feel it in your heart. So whatever that is. Um, for example, if I speak about my show, I I feel the the joy from bringing this information, bringing this reality to others. I feel it in my heart. That's when it really gets really really powerful. Feeling it in your heart. One hundred. <laughs> well, Izzy, Isabella is is nasty. No, I just made that up. That would be a wrap. You won't let me write that down. Is, is nasty. Uh, <laughs> a lot of my friends' nicknames always have a thorough nasty at the end. Yeah. Um, but uh, so great to uh, to to be able to chat with you and uh, and have these my favorite all all of my favorite topics. So yeah, this is great. Besides my doggy, which by the way, uh, yes, I when I got him, which crazy story but like he was a he was a, 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 a he's a rescue and I was just fostering him it wasn't until I got him there like I'm like oh my god there's so many huskies in the world <laughs> you're talking about Tessa so I'm like yeah there's so many huskies just because now I have like a husky looking dog so I see all these huskies so true yeah it is and I I'm I'm hoping that your your fans uh all all tune into this and and get to know you a lot better um, and understand your your perspective and the experience that comes with it and the depth therein. Um, and and we, you know, like I said, we just need to let go of, of ego and hubris and have that empathy and compassion and realize that we're all the same. Ultimately, we're all saying the same things packaged differently. And when mm-hmm. we unpack that to its core, we realize it for what it is and that separation, that division that is deliberately there to make us feel like there is us versus them is gone. And you're like, wait a minute, we all are saying the same thing in many ways. We all want the same thing. And like, there is, there is no difference. And, uh, and that's a beautiful thing. And so I'm hoping everybody takes that from it. Everybody gives you tremendous feedback for Izzy does it. And you can get that show, uh, made as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, cause I think the world will, will benefit from it and be very entertained by it. And so thank you. Make sure that you, uh, you go and follow, uh, Isabella on Instagram primarily, um, which is, uh, Isabella Miko, which is I Z A B E L L A M I K O for those of you who are listening. Um, and if you just type that in, you will find everything about her. Uh, <laughs> tons of things will come up including saging her vagina. I'm sure depending on where you're at, but, uh, it, it just, <laughs> the beauty of the internet, right? Right. That's isn't, right. That's right. Yes. Isn't yes. that great? But, um, you, you're, uh, you're awesome. I appreciate you, uh, you being here. Super glad that, uh, we've gotten to know each other and that, uh, we, we connected in, in the way that we did and, you know, clubhouse is, uh, despite its recent censoring and all the shit we hate about it, mm-hmm. uh, it did start off as something great in the beginning yeah. um, and, and really fostered a lot of relationships and like minds and allowed open communication finally yeah. during the time that censorship and suppression was at an all-time high. Yes. And so 
for that. I am grateful for it. Um, and, uh, grateful for your time and you being here and, uh, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it again in the future after Izzy does it gets picked up. Yes. Super excited. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And with that, I'm Nate. It's late. Let's walk. (laughs) Oh, hey, you made it all the way to the end. Me too. I hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, please make sure that you like, subscribe, comment, share with all of your friends across every social media platform. Uh, And then if you have time, go to natenighttalks.com and join the NNT community and research database if if you have time and and, and the resources and and want to support uh, what I'm what I'm doing here